As the world's only personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment and your DNA, ID Life provides its members with high-quality ingredients backed by pure science. It's science. Check out rockinthatidlife.com and speak with Dustin about how you can reach your goals today. That's rockinthatidlife.com. Centerize Brewery is a proud sponsor of Let's Go Blues Radio. Visit centerizebury.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or make a reservation in their awesome tap room. That's Center Ice Brewery located in Midtown St. Louis. Let's go blues. You can't trade Alex Steen. And Regina, or Regina if she were a town in Canada, uh, she responds with, why not Bennington? Real men, you drink pumpkin beer. Get ready to hear some noise tonight. Hi there, everyone. I'm Haley Wickenheiser, and this is Let's Go Blues Radio. This is Eddie Garcia from the Fox Sports Radio Network and co-host of the Puck Podcast, and you're listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Hi, guys. This is Erica Weston with Fox Sports Midwest, and you're listening to my favorite St. Louis Blues hockey podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. Hi, everybody. This is Ken Wilson. Once upon a time, I broadcast blues hockey. I always listen to Let's Go Blues Radio. It's everything you'll want as a blues fan. Oh, baby. Welcome to Season 9, Episode 40 of Let's Go Blues Radio. This is the fully vaccinated, often imitated, but never duplicated Cheap, lying, no good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, <laughs> overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legs, body-lipped, warm-headed sack of monkey shit, the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. <laughs> Hallelujah. Where's the Tylenol? Support I like for it. Let's Go. <laughs> that was for you. That was for you guys. Uh, Is your house on fire, Clark? (laughs) (laughs) Support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by RockinThatIDLife.com, the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment of your DNA, and by Center Ice Brewery. St. Louis's uh, first and only hockey-themed brewery. Visit them at CenterIceBrewery.com. We're broadcasting live on Wednesday, June 16th, 2021. This is franchise episode number 306 all time. I'm your host, Jeff Ponder, and I'm joined by the courageous Kirk Price and the bashful Bill Day. For your listening pleasure, we'll be talking St. Louis Blues hockey for the next little while. To interact with the show on social media, we're on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just do a search for us. If you can listen to a podcast, you can certainly search the Internet. Have you checked out our Discord server? Blues fans can talk with other Blues fans with either text or voice chat. The three hosts of the show will periodically be in there this summer, especially when any news breaks. For more info, go to letsgoblues.com slash Discord. We're dual live streaming right now on YouTube and Facebook. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the show, smash the bell, so you'll get notifications when we go live. Those watching the video and watching live can see that we've got a guest, which we will get to in just one minute. But first, Kurt and Bill, you are back this week. Uh, good to have you guys back in studio. Yay. Good to be here. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's been way <laughs> too long for me to be on this show. 
Yeah, Bill, you know what? Actually, we're going to completely revamp this episode. You weren't on the season-ending show, so I want you to talk for the next hour about your thoughts on the end of the season. Um, Yeah, just really disappointed. Um, Yeah. Colton Pareko. Um, <laughs> wow, you were not had ready Jake for that, Allen. man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going I'm to um, play this one. I'm going to go to bed later. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, we'll, we will do a full introduction of our guests later, but I want to go ahead and, and welcome in Mike DeKalb. Uh, he is, uh, you can find his blog over at hockeytransplant.com. Uh, Mike is a blues fan, as you can see, if you're watching the video with the blues hat there, Mike, thank you very much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. I thought it was a, a rule that you had to wear the hat because I saw it's in like the previous episodes I watched, you guys either had a hat on forward or backward. And so I was like, I might as well fit in. And yet here I'm the only one with the hat on. So I'm representing not a blues hat, but oh, okay. I'm representing. Yeah. It is a blue hat, but not a blues hat. Yeah. Here, yeah. Oh, it looks like <laughs> Bill's putting one on for you. Didn't he leave to put a jersey? Oh, he, he was like, he was like not even dressed for the show. Oh, know. yeah. Very yeah, nice. he came. He came with uh, with with no shirt on, and uh, he speedo. it, it speedo. was something. A speedo, yeah. yeah, yeah. He had a speedo. American still. flag speedo yeah. from our hundredth episode, which that's I was against all flag for. Code. That's, a, that's against flag code, by the way. I was all for. Like, it. Kurt did not want that on the show. I like the uh, Expos hat. I, I can tell you that during my trip to Montreal, I did go to Olympic Stadium. It's now a uh, I don't know how you would describe it. It's like a it's like a zoo. But they have different climate. It's like a bi- not a biosphere, but it's like this weird sort of, for lack of a better word, just say like a zoo slash planetarium. But it's in, <laughs> it's right there with Olymp- at Olympic Stadium, so it's really kind of neat. Also known as a planetarium. Planetarium, yeah. Planetarium, or a biodome of sorts with the uh, Polly Shores living there. Oh, don't <laughs> yeah. reference and that. And Billy, no. yeah, we did. Stephen Baldwin, <laughs> which one was Stephen it? Baldwin? Uh, Stephen. Stephen, yeah. Steven. Look at Mike. Yeah. Are, are you our uh, expert on Baldwin Brothers? Well, I used to work at MGM, and I remember when I occasionally got an order for Biodome. You know, I did a lot of t- servicing for international television clients, and I, whenever someone ordered Biodome, I would think, "Why?" What, was it <laughs> always somebody you could have? Was it always somebody with I the didn't... last name of Shore that would order it? <laughs> <laughs> or Baldwin? One, yeah, or Baldwin, one or the yeah. other. Yeah, you could have any uh, movie. <laughs> any That's movie funny. at all <laughs> i tried to watch it could not finish it but uh, i don't even want don't even bring me down that one. i yeah, did the yeah. same thing i watched about half of it and i was like no nah, i watched the whole thing unfortunately <laughs> i remember thinking one of the women were very attractive and thinking i'll watch this through just so i can see her i think she was a redhead i could be wrong <laughs> either way doesn't matter uh mm-hmm. Official beers of episode number 306. Uh, you can follow each of us on the Untapped app. Uh, Kurt is at C Price 12. Myself, Jeff, can be found at jponder 94 And Bill is Billy Blue Note 33. Let's kick it off with Kurt this episode. Hey. Kurt, what you got? I'm rocking a uh, peanut butter porter, smooth and creamy peanut butter porter from Saugatuck Brewing Company in Michigan. Well, I guess Saugatuck, but that's, it, it's, it's in Michigan. So it's... Uh, uh, Amy actually found a couple of these in her fridge from our trip from Michigan and we thought they were all gone, but she brought over a couple. And so I'm having one of those right now. One of my favorites. I enjoy the peanut butter, uh, 
flavored porters and and whatnots. It's good stuff. Uh, Bill, yeah, that's. I was going to say that's like you know when you put on a coat the first time after the summer and you find ten dollars <laughs> in the pocket, yeah, right? That's, that's first awesome. Beer experience. Like, oh, there's my chapstick. <laughs> there's my condom. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's that? What is that? What's a con- what? Yeah, I, would, yeah. I don't use those. I don't know what that is. Yeah. There's <laughs> there's a joke in there about how I could have used this nine months ago. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah i i do have 37 kids that's what yeah but anyway yeah, anyway, you know of. anyway uh I know of my beer <laughs> my beer of the episode is founders i i honestly have not had a lot of time to drink beer lately um so i haven't kept up with what's out there and um i happen to just walk into a dive liquor store the other day and found this founders bottle shop nemesis i'd never heard of it before founders is great everything they've ever put out i I pretty much love and so i'm like oh i'll pick that up and i also you know just just random liquor store in edwardsville and i i found a bottle of blanton's uh bourbon and you cannot find that anywhere and so like this is great what did you? So, uh, what was it you found at the uh, uh, the gas station at the Four O Quick Stop? What did you find there? Oh, what was it the, the, the Maple Mackinac Fudge. Yes, right? yeah. yes. They you actually told me that was, they it was like, have a gas that. station. I know, right? They have that still at this at the same liquor store. It's it's still the one that's in the old Farm Fresh in Edwardsville. Yeah, it's a dive. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah, it is a dive, but they have well, really good beer. Well, if Farm Fresh would like to sponsor Let's Go Blues Radio after <laughs> oh, we're calling it a dive. <laughs> the new, yeah, the new, the, new, uh, the new grocery store in Troy that will open up, open up soon is supposed to have a pretty nice uh, beer selection uh, area. Right. So we'll, we shall a see. Beer a, a beer cave. A beer cave, right. Right. What they with, with, did, you, did, you, did you see? You saw that on Facebook? It, the, around the coolers, they have the Troy High School logos around the beer coolers. High school. Right. That's weird. Right. That that's par for the course of this town, I think. I know. Right. Triad it's, Nights it's just, beer. It's, it goes hand it's in accepted. hand. Right? It's Did accepted. Did you say that Farm Fresh is Farm Fresh is no more? Right. Farm Fresh is no more. Oh, they they went wow. under uh two, three or four years ago. Um, Love the glass bottle milk. Loved it. Yeah, I was say we used to always yeah. get glass bottle milk when I lived in Illinois. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we did too. My dad would drink nothing but for the longest time. Yeah. Yeah. And their ch- that that glass bottle mm. of chocolate milk was like crack. That stuff was delicious. Uh, mm. Mike, do you have any glass bottled milk you're drinking for the show tonight? No, I do not. I feel I feel bad because I again I, I mentioned off the air that um, I watched some of your previous episodes just to see how you do, and I noticed that you always have a beer. And unfortunately, for, as of doctor's orders, I have not had alcohol in almost eight years. I had to stop mm. drinking. It's just a very minor medical. Who is your doctor? No. Well, it was enough to. <laughs> It was enough to where, um, if you could imagine, I would drink and not get a buzz, but yet I would get hungover in the morning. So it got mm. to where it was like I had some tests run. They said they said your ele- your liver enzymes are elevated, and I don't think your liver breaks down alcohol very well. And so uh, I don't know it was an allergy thing. And so I went out. I, it was Labor Day, twenty thirteen. I went to a Dodgers game with some friends. 
had about five beers. I was driving people around. I w- didn't feel anything. Woke up the next morning sick as a dog, and I just said, I'm not doing this anymore. I guess not, why, why, why drink if I don't get any of the positive aspects and all of the negative aspects? <laughs> yeah, that's so, a good point. Right. Um, so as a, as a fellow podcaster, I am alternating between a nice uh, cup of lemon tea and a uh, uh, nice ice-cold water that I have from my awesome St. Louis Rams pint glass, which I got at the last St. Louis Rams home game that I was lucky enough to attend. Uh. Oh, but there's wow. a story there. I got a, I got a million stories. So yeah. Oh, we'll get to it. Don't you worry. <laughs> uh, yeah, my my beer of the episode. Uh, it actually last week for our uh, live to tape episode. Uh, same one, the beauty, not the same beer, but the same type of beer. Uh, the beauty from Center Ice Brewery, our friends over there. Uh, again, I'll say it every time I have this beer. The best IPA in St. Louis for my money. Uh, so we'll kick off uh, today's show with some today in blues history, courtesy of the courtesy of the at STL Blues History account. This is for June sixteenth, two thousand twenty-one. Uh, June sixteenth, nineteen eighty-nine. St. Louis Blues sign undrafted free agent goaltender Curtis Joseph after his freshman season at the University of Wisconsin. Uh, so uh, I think that turned out pretty good. Right, that was a pretty decent pickup. That was a great find. That was fantastic. Best best goalie not in the Hall of Fame. Who was, was the, was the scout find. that found him? Uh, I mean, that'd have been a good impressive. question before the show. We could look that up. I don't yeah. know if you. I don't know if it. I mean, I'm sure somebody probably knows, but uh, I know. I know, like Bobby Plager was the one that found Pavel Dimitra, but. I mean, I don't know if he was doing any of the college recruiting, but man, that's a hell of a find. And after a freshman year, too. Yeah. And uh, I have yet to get his book. I need to get his book that he uh, put out, was it last year? Or a year yeah, and a half me ago? too. Uh, it, it looks, I mean, it, it, I mean, we would maybe even uh, have the answer if we had read his book. Uh, go read his book um, while we do a commercial break here, Kurt. Uh, go ahead and try and flip through it and see what you yeah. can find. I'll, uh, I'll find the PDF. Yeah, the Cliff, the Cliff Notes PDF. Yeah, sure. Yep. That's, don't forget. Uh, that's don't what... forget that Curtis Joseph turned into Shane Corson, which turned into Pierre Turgeon. So it all it, it kept paying dividends. Yeah. That's true. That is true. Yeah. yeah. You're uh, the stronger the trade tree. Yeah, the trade tree. <laughs> yeah, one of the stronger trade trees that we have. Yeah, yeah. For sure. uh, like the Chris Pronger, Jordan Bennington, Brendan Shanahan one. That's a fun one, too. Yeah, it's a long one. Yeah, it is. Uh, well, we will be right back to talk with Mike about his amazing hockey journey right after this message from our friends at rockinthatidlife.com. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Put that energy drink down. Don't you know that common energy drinks contain high levels of caffeine and other harmful ingredients that can lead to increased blood pressure and heart rhythm disturbances? Finding that energy you need for everyday activities doesn't need to put your health at risk. ID Life's energy formula doesn't use artificial ingredients or a massive dose of caffeine. Energy's caffeine levels are released slowly over time, allowing for longer periods of energy without crash, not to mention keeping your heart safe. Energy also includes neurotransmitters 
neurotransmitters for mood, focus, memory, and cognitive function. ID Life also added antioxidants associated with brain health for no reason besides perfection. With rockin'thatidlife.com, you can get an energy boost and leave the heart risk behind. Text Dustin at 636-393-8745 or visit rockin'thatidlife.com and throw those gas station energy drinks in the garbage. That's 636-393-8745 and rockin'thatidlife.com and tell Dustin that Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. And Uh, we are back. Real quick, Jeff, there's a comment in the in the Facebook chat uh, here that uh, I feel is warranted before we get too far into the show is uh, from Gail Soul. <gasps> nice hat. Gail Soul's listening. Gail Soul. Soul. Sorry. That you know nice who that hats. is. You know Gail who that Sewell. is. Um, we've had her on. We've we've talked about her on the show before. That is crappy goalie's mother. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right. Welcome, Gail. <laughs> The crappy mother, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Nice hats. Welcome back to the show, Gail. Yeah, nice hats. uh, Which uh, was not referring to you, Jeff. Of course not. No, I, I am looking at a pile of my hats across the room. I am not getting up to put one on. I actually fixed my hair for this episode. I wanted to look good for Mike. Oh, I I appreciate that. I actually wear the hat because I am what you would call follically challenged so i think it's uh, i was gonna i actually was gonna make a joke that i wanted to show off that i have hair for mike but i'm like i don't know if we're good enough friends for me to make that joke oh it's (laughs) it's perfectly fine i spent years struggling with finding the right haircut but now i just shave it in the shower sundays and thursdays and it's peaceful that i don't have i can take a nap it doesn't have no uh bedhead yeah it it looks good i i i always when when people are losing their hair and they'll try and like do things to try and cover their head the most they can with the hair they have i'm like oh god just shave it It looks better shaved it really does i kevin shattenkirk (laughs) that's what i always said about kevin shattenkirk i I was always like just shave your head dude he does now i think right he's got that lodka hair um, from taxi on you know the little patch (laughs) the missing the missing link thing and going on a patch of hair and I've been I've been told I've been told a few times in my life that I have a good shaped head for the for the bald. And what's funny was I always tell the story that I stopped I shaved my head for the first time in 1999 when I was in film school because that year there was two major Hollywood motion pictures that featured main characters who shaved their heads on screen and they both looked damn good. And that was Brad Pitt in Fight Club and Keanu Reeves in The Matrix. And I was thinking, wow, I mean, not that I would not that I look like them, but it was just like Oh, it's it, you, it can actually pull it off now. It's not so not yeah. so uh, yeah. out mean, of place. Vin, Di- Vin Diesel, I mean, is a good bald guy. Uh, you know, mm. uh, yeah, I mean, it's always. I mean, bald is not a uh, maybe maybe thirty forty years ago. Oh, you're bald. Yeah. nowadays it's like that's cool. Yeah, I know. I felt yeah. bad. I was watching. I was actually watching an NBA playoff game last night. And I know Kevin Durant scored went you. went off had like almost fifty points. And at one point, I was watching over in the fourth quarter, and he was like slumped over on his his hands on his knees and you could just see his bald patch on the top and it's just like oh you probably mm. should just go ahead and, sh- and shave that off yeah. i was going to ask you but i'm looking at the yeah uh, who i've met I, by the way too <laughs> long story yeah. uh the uh i see little icons for the I, this looks like okay, it looks like adam oates is he pronger i'm guessing that's michael ute right yes in there so it's funny thing yeah. if i had the option Mine, of course, my favorite blues player of all time is the late pavel dimitra another great ah, bald-headed man so one. yeah 
Yes. We should we should have we should have uh yeah talked before the show we could have set that up for you but uh nah, that's fine that's yeah. fine I did get to see I did get to see him score a hat trick one time one of the games I went to at the old guy what would it have been at that time I think it was after Keel but before Savis was it Savis Savis yeah. Center yes. yeah. Yeah. yeah underrated underrated NHL player Demetra holy oh cow. for sure I always yeah. say if if there's going to be a retired number that that isn't of a player that that has formally played my pick would go to Demetra. That's a, yeah. that's a solid, I mean, especially with the, you know, I mean, the tragedy with him in the, in the plane crash with the locomotive, I, that, uh, I, I, that's, that's a, that's, that's an honor, you know, that you, that you hope maybe they bestow upon him, you know, uh, and his family uh, to retire his number here. That'd be, that'd be fantastic. I mean, this would be Broke the only heart, city that yeah. you could do it in, you know, I mean, he, he played all over the league, but he had his best years here in St. Louis. Oh yeah. He's known for being yeah here. Yeah. Yeah. He followed yeah. me. He followed me to Los Angeles. So yeah, it was. Yeah, uh... I remember him saying that. He's like, "Well, you know, I figured <laughs> yeah. I'd sign with LA because I heard this Mike DeKalb guy move there." So he's like, "Big, tall, bald fan move across the country." But uh, I just what, what what broke my heart about the whole thing was that he signed with Locomotive because he didn't get, I guess, enough good NHL deals. And I remember that summer talking to some friends saying, "You know, the Blues could really use a little depth at center. They should bring him back on a one-year deal and whatever." And they didn't, and then he went over there instead. Uh, so it's the I, Blues that literally fall. would have uh, saved his life. Wow. Uh, sure. That was, you know, that was something not to not to get into an old episode here of Let's Go Blues Radio, but I'm telling you guys, if 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 anybody listening has not listened to the episode that we had Lubos Partechko on, that was one of the hardest interviews I've ever had because I asked him <laughs> how he learned about Pavel Dimitra's, you know, demise. And he said he texted him. They were texting each other as Demetra was getting on the plane because oh. apparently oh. uh, Bartechko, he, they were going to play Bartechko's team. And Demetra had like lined up a bunch of tickets for Demetra's family to come and watch him play against Bartechko, one of his best buddies. And so like he said, they like, they like right before practice, he's texting with Demetra. Middle of practice, somebody goes, holy shit, did you hear what just happened? And told him what happened. And he's like, what? Because they were flying to come to the game. They were going to play against Bartechko's team. Hearing him tell that story, I was like, I want to cry right now. I just want to fucking start <laughs> crying. That's crazy. Ugh. Oh, man. Well, well, we'll talk more about, uh, about Mike and his blues fandom and, and all that. But first we do have a little bit of blues no- news that we want to get to. Uh, not a, a huge noteworthy thing. Again, folks, this is the off season blue signed Tanner Kaspic to a one year contract extension. It's a two way contract for 750,000 in the NHL and 80,000 in the AHL. He's a fourth round pick number 1919 overall in 2016. Last year with AHL Utica Comets, uh, he had two goals, three assists, and five points in 20 games. And in 125 career AHL games, he has 12 goals and 15 assists. Uh, Again, not to talk about past episodes of the show, but I'm going to do it again. Kaspik, we had a prospect breakdown of him on Season 8, Episode 73. That was the episode we had Mike Weaver on. Uh, for those that might be interested, uh, Greg Boyson, who's a credentialed uh, member of the AHL, uh, discussed Caspic's play with me and his potential for making the NHL. So if you have any interest, there's a lot of information on that episode. But uh, yes, Tyler Ka- or sorry, Tanner Caspic uh, locked up to a one year deal. And 
again, not a lot to to comment on here. I think he's this is a very low level signing. I look at this as a one year contract. Do something this year, or we're probably not going to bring you back. That's the way I read that as a one year contract for a player that hasn't played in the NHL. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's typical. You know, with the, with this level of player, you know, you, you sign to a one year deal and show us something. You know, uh, show up on the radar. You know, and then we'll yeah. we'll uh, we'll explore other options after that. So, uh, good luck to uh, Mr. Kaspik. I wish him well and hope he does well. And uh, you know, maybe who knows? Maybe we'll see him uh, you know, as a call up, a uh, injury issue, fourth liner, maybe uh, in the future. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, the way I saw it was he was playing, right? I mean, he was playing in the AHL this year without the the Blues AHL affiliate. And I, if I remember correctly, I don't believe he was ever called onto the taxi squad, which told me that he's probably very low on the Blues prospect chart. So he's going to yeah. have to really step his game up to get a chance. Or you know, and you know, yeah. uh, we need we need players, uh, you know, in, in the minors too. <laughs> so well, that's true. We need a minor league team, right? Right, right. We, we still need a minor league team, right? <laughs> that'd be Every nice. year it's somewhere team. different. Yeah, that'd be great. Right. Uh, and the uh and then, the NA the NHL needs more tanners. I think Tanner Glass is just sitting in retirement wondering like when's gonna be more tanners in our league. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's I think true. Vegas is waiting to see who uh you know uh, if we switch teams so I can take them next. I think Steal we should team. get a tannin. I'd prefer a tannin. Biff Tannen? Biff Tannen. Biff? Yeah, like oh, get yeah. a Biff, Biff Tannen. Griff? Griff? Griff Tannen. Oh, yeah. uh, if there were, pro- if there were any hockey player anywhere named Griff Tannen, I would draft him right now. Oh, yeah. That's a guaranteed That's a guaranteed uh, a fighter right there. Griff Tannen. Oh, yeah. For sure. Griff Tannen. I think we just came up with a player name, guys. Well, let's uh, let's get into it, folks. Mike DeKalb joins the show. Mike is a well-traveled hockey fan. He's visited all 31 NHL arenas, and I'm sure Seattle is probably in his sights, but we'll get to that. Sure. Most notably for Blues fans, he also visited Boston's TD Garden for Game 7 of the 2019 Stanley Cup Final. We will get into that as well. But first of all... Um, you were kind of telling us before the show, Mike, about your blog, and obviously I've I've known about it. I've I've read it. I think I've even retweeted it a couple times. HockeyTransplant.com, which is a a beautiful name. Uh, I love the name. You know, again, you had some comments before the show about the the funniness behind that name. But where did you come up with that? Uh, well, I think it kind of started. Um... I, I, it's, it's tough to come up with a good name, right? And I, I did not realize until after the fact, but Twitter handles can only be 15 characters and Hockey Transplant is 16. So I, I, I did have to use my own name as my Twitter handle moving forward. But um, it came up from the fact that I I was a child of the, I was an army, a Navy brat, basically. My dad was in the military, moved around a lot. And then I went to film school in Illinois and I moved to Los Angeles and I was a transplant. And that's just, it, it kind of stuck. I was like, ah, we'll call it Hockey Transplant. And I joked with you guys off the air that when I first started the blog, whenever you would Google Hockey Transplant, the first story that would come up on Google was about Jaden Schwartz's late sister, Mandy, who I believe, was it a bone marrow transplant? Did she have leukemia? Is that what it was? I think that's correct. Yeah. And so it was always stories about Mandy Schwartz when you looked up Hockey Transplant. And then once I started, you know what it's like if you guys have done any blogging, you're like, you're so excited, you blog, 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 and then all of a sudden life happens and you kind of slow down a little bit. And I feel like when I started, I got really, really 
I was really prolific. And then I would go on, I went on Google the next time. And all of a sudden, the first thing that came up when you looked up hockey transplant was my blog. And the second thing that came up when you looked up hockey transplant was my Twitter handle. So yeah, and then the funny thing was after I met my wife, my wife's a very, very creative person, taught herself how to use Photoshop. And as a birthday present one year, she actually created a hockey trend, the hockey transplant logo, where it's got a little outline of the state of Illinois and an outline of the state of California. It's got a hockey stick in it. And she knew my favorite color was green. And so she really, she designed it and she put it on a t-shirt. Still the greatest present anybody could give you as a birthday present is a t-shirt featuring a logo of a blog. And you've never seen the logo before. It was like the coolest thing. She made business cards, you know? And so <laughs> I did that. I said, I did that for a while. The main reason I did the blog was kind of in conjunction with, with doing all the hockey trips. And I wanted to be able to recap in case anybody else wanted to do it. You know, I know there's another fantastic website. I believe it's called Stadium Journeys, where they go to like all the sports stadiums, high, I mean, college and professional, all the different leagues, and they rank them and they go into this, the minutia about how much parking is and uh, what kind of food they have. Well, I can tell you, we didn't, I didn't always buy food at the concession stand at these games. We would get dinner beforehand. So I couldn't, I wasn't going to judge every little thing about the arena. I just basically would say, hey, this is where I stayed. This is the other stuff that I did while I was there and I wanted to have a place to put it. And that's where the blog came in because the whole point of these trips was not to see the games. It was to see the city that they're in. I never flew. I didn't just fly in, see the game and fly out. There's another guy who I follow on Twitter who did, who did 30 arenas in 30 days, you know, and he, and he recaps it and he tells the story about like one of the days Mm -hmm. he got food poisoning, but he had to be on a plane and he showed up in the second period of one of the games and he's falling asleep in one of the games, you know, and he's like watching a Ducks game, then taking a red eye to New York. And I was just like, no, 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 no. We would fly. I would fly in. I would stay for like at least four or five days, sometimes nine, 10 days and try to get as many things I wanted to do in the city. I, I planned out. I had a lot of fun. I would have these massive Excel spreadsheets the day the schedule came out was like Christmas morning because I knew I would look at every team and be like, oh, who haven't I seen yet? And I would be like, what else do I want to see while I'm there? So it was like, when I go to Minnesota, I want to see that new Viking stadium. You know, when I go to Florida, I wanted to see the University of Florida uh, football team. You know, so I always tried to kind of double up these, these, these trips to be wrapping around the other sports seasons if I could. And so that's where the blog was fun. Some of those blog entries are kind of long. But, you know, especially for the for the trip recaps, but I was just like, hey, man, this is all the stuff that I did. And I it's anybody could do it. It was just a matter of I, I'm a I'm a Virgo. We, we, we tend to uh, uh, overthink things. I'm a Slytherin. We tend to look at the, the greater perspective. You know, I my my wife sorted me into the Slytherin house and she was horrified. And then, and then we found out that we're like, wait a minute really creative people are in the Slytherin house, like Lyndon and Miranda, you know, like we, 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 we take a look back and we, 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 we analyze everything before we make any moves. And that's how, that's, that's kind of what these trips boil down to, you know? So unfortunately my, the, my wife the blogging... got so mad at me when she found out that I was in Slytherin as well. Are you Slytherin? Okay. <laughs> She's Hufflepuff. <laughs> I think my, I think my daughter, I'm not a Harry Potter guy. I saw the first one and I have not, I, I need to watch the others, but my daughter, uh, I do, I do believe my daughter said she is Hufflepuff. So, is there a test you take? I guess for this, or you just yes, claim one? What, I think I did I like a Facebook the, quiz or something. It's I think the website's called Pottermore. If I, she's the one that does it because she she tries to sort everybody, and she's a Ravenclaw. And like, I think if you go to Pottermore, you just answer a series of questions. And so we went to England for our honeymoon, and we went to the train station 
where that they where they filmed Harry Potter, and so we had to get little she got little scarfs. I have a Slytherin scarf now, you know. But I live in California; I don't really get to wear it very often. I was gonna say, what do you wear a scarf? Good lord! I guess yeah. only when you travel, <laughs> or if you go to a soccer game. Yeah, yeah. yeah there you go. I, was, I was about to say a Galaxy game. There you go. I went to. I did go to. I. I. When we did our honeymoon, my wife was like, "Are you gonna make drag me to a sporting event?" And I was like, "Well, they do have hockey in England, but it's not that really popular." But I said. If we're going to England, I've got to see a Premier League soccer game. Uh, and so we are the, the hotel where we stayed was actually very close to Chelsea. And so I had to sign up for the Chelsea fan club membership, you know, nine months ahead of time so that I could get tickets in advance before they went on sale to the general public. And then when the tickets did go on sale, it was like midnight California time, like 9 a.m. England time. I had to wake up three weeks before the game, stay up till midnight to get our tickets and we went to we went to the game and we left at halftime because well it's soccer um and so, and what's uh what's so funny is for me traveling through america and seeing multiple obviously all the nhl arenas multiple football stadiums baseball stadiums and all that for just as much fun as the game itself and the atmosphere i'm also really into the architecture of the stadiums you know, we got it down to a science. Um, I can tell you, my, my travel companion, his name is Chad. Chad and I went to film school together, and, and he moved out to Los Angeles, and he came along on most of my trips. What we would do is we would usually walk around the arena before the game starts, sit in our seats for the first, you know, go to the, go to the team store, case out some merch we wanted to buy. Then we'd sit in our seats for the first period, and then we'd walk around the concourse during the second period because it was a lot more emptier. Then we'd, then we'd go to the team store when it was a lot emptier, make our purchases, and then go back to our seats for the third period. And so when we were in England, you know, it's a totally different thing. First of all, they, they, you, they do not serve alcohol at your seat. You cannot bring the alcohol to your seat. You can only get it in the, conco- in, in the, in the concourse area, right? And so everyone gets just completely shit-faced before the game starts because they can't bring the beer to their seat. And so, of course, somebody <laughs> threw up in our section and it kind of cleared out a couple of rows, you know, and it was like five minutes to halftime and, and people were just getting up because there's puke everywhere. So when we finally go, you go to the concourse and everybody's there. And the stadium that was at where Chelsea, it's like over 100 years old. So the concourse is not connected. When you enter the when you enter the, the stadium, you have to go north side, south side, east side, west side, and you stay there. You can't walk around to the other sections. And so we're on the west side of the stadium. The halftime comes. You go to the concourse. Everybody in the west side of the stadium is in the concourse, and it's you're crammed in. And what's so funny was when the halftime was over, I'm like, okay, great. We'll just stay out here a little bit longer. Maybe we'll wander around the concourse, go down to the team store. Oh, no. They, the, the ushers line up arm by arm and push you back to your seats. You cannot stay in the concourse while the game is while the game is on. And so I was talking to one of the ushers and I'm like, hey, I want to walk around. And they're like, you can't. If you leave the West Concourse, you've left the stadium. So we're like, wow. Uh, okay, well, I want to go to the team store. And they're like, you, you, if you leave the team store, you can't come back into the game. So we were, it's like, okay, well, my wife's clearly bored and I'm, it's soccer. I, I did get to see a goal, thankfully. But I was a little <laughs> bored and it was starting to rain. And we're like, you know what? Let's just go ahead and leave. And then the real shit kicker after that was we did leave and we went down to the team store and the damn team store wasn't open because the game was on. They're like, we don't reopen until the game's over. So oh. we're like, we can't, even, we, can't, we can't even go to the team store. So we're like, you know what? People don't leave just... their seats. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's so bizarre. So we just like, we'll just get on the train and we'll, be, we'll beat the crowd back to the train station and go back to our, 
our hotel. But uh, yeah, totally different experience to what I was used to in America, which is, like I said, I you get to know the ushers. You, especially when you go, I went to a lot of junior hockey games. I would love talking to the ushers. They love hearing stories about, especially when you're in Canada. You're like, I'm from California. Really? What are you doing up here? You know, and it's like, oh, I'm just here to watch junior hockey. This is kind of cool, you know? So, so obviously you, I mean, you've seen a lot of stadiums. Are you a baseball guy? You've seen a lot of baseball stadiums too, football? I've I've seen a handful. I know almost every time you tell somebody, oh, I've been to all 30 hockey arenas, invariably someone will be like, oh, I've got a friend who did all the baseball stadiums or wants to do all the baseball stadiums. People have written books about going Mm -hmm. to all the baseball stadiums. I think it's just because it's the past time. Also, the stadiums are all completely different, right? It's the one sport where the playing field is a different size depending on what city you're in. And I guess there's a little more history. I'm not the biggest baseball fan, but I have been to, I think I've been to about, um, almost maybe eight or nine different stadiums. I, I I told you guys off the air when we went to the first uh, the first hockey trip that we did was Denver, and when I, we were sitting in the gift shop at the Pepsi Center and we're like, I need to get something to commemorate these trips. And they had a Colorado Avalanche shot glass, and I was like, you know, that's that's pretty good. It's nice and small. They got different sizes, different colors, and I can get a display case from this. Will be what I get for my um, hockey trips. And so I was like, what about baseball stadiums? And so I'm like, well, I like ice cream. So I get a helmet Sunday whenever I go to a baseball stadium nice. and, I get to, and I get, and I get to keep the helmet and there's been a few stadiums that didn't have them. And so I've had to go on eBay after the fact and buy the stadiums, but or by the, by the, um, by the helmets. But yeah, no, I've been to, the funny thing is I've been to at least a dozen games at the old Bush, but yet never the new Bush. I, I, I moved out here the when Bush. they moved. I have not been, I, I've been in California almost the whole time that the new Bush has been up. So I've been to, and I made it, I made sure to go to Wrigley before I left. Cause I got a lot of college friends up in Chicago and I did go to a, I did go to a night game. It was Cardinals versus Cubs. And it was about 30 degrees at, at a, it was like a Tuesday night in May. And I'll never forget because it was so cold that the, the Cubs jumped out to like a 10, nothing lead after the third inning. And for their last sixth inning, people were just striking out and grounding out so they could run back to the dugout and stay warm. Like nobody got past second base the rest of the game. It was like the game's out of hand. We're not winning this game. So literally guys were just grounding out and just, they weren't even running all the way to first base. They were just running right back to the dugout to be by the portable heaters. So that, uh, that uh, reminds me of, of when I, uh, when we, when I had um, high school hockey tryouts for the roller hockey team, we, uh, we actually used an abandoned arena for the tryouts. So for the whole week, we had to get there, and it was in January in St. Louis. So anybody who's listening to this show probably knows how cold it can get in January. Oh my god! And uh, so yeah, I remember we would whenever we had to whenever we missed the net uh, in tryouts if for on a shot or if we like shot it right into the goalie, we'd have to do a bunch of push-ups. I actually, mentioned this on the show last week, and then we'd have to skate some laps. And there was a couple mm. times where I'm pretty sure a couple of us shot wide on purpose. Cause we're, cause when you're skating, you don't feel the cold as much. So it was like, <laughs> yeah, I want to go skate some laps. I don't want to be standing in line waiting to take a shot. I want to skate laps and get myself warm because my God, I'm dying. So yeah, it was, I remember one time, I think it was negative two in the arena. It was oh, wow. awful. So yeah, I, I can relate. That's awful. That's awful That's- stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally believe that. Yeah. Well, I answer your question. Yeah, I think I'm trying to, I'm trying to think when it comes to the baseball stadiums, 
I, I tried to overlap some of them as best I could with the hockey trips, but you know, you're really just looking at April at that point. Like we, you can't plan on playoff games for these NHL trips. No. So I had to just look October to April and whatever I would do when the schedule would come out at the beginning of the year, so I would always say who's playing on, I would always look at my holidays. Cause I had, a, I had just gotten hired at 20th century Fox and I had a really nice job at the studio. And so it was like, we got a lot of holidays, got a lot of floating holidays. I got a lot of sick time that I could use. And so I would always look at the schedule and say, who's playing on Thanksgiving? Who's playing on Martin Luther King Day? Who's playing on President's Day? Who's playing on Good Friday? Because I had all those days off at work. And so some Good Friday trips, I would always look around and be like, okay, maybe I can work a baseball stadium in. Um, I did go to uh, um, Arizona. We did a we did a, a, a Coyotes game on a Saturday night and a Diamondbacks game on a Sunday afternoon. And then when I was in Toronto, I, I wanted to see the Sky Dome. It was the it was their actually it was their home opener. And it was, it was at the end of the hockey season, but it was the home opener for the Blue Jays. We stayed for one inning because I was bored. I got my ice cream. We actually, it was the day that they, they, they honored Roy Halladay because he had passed away in the offseason. And so his family was there. So I got to see the whole Roy Halladay presentation, and they retired his number. And it was really cool. I got my helmet Sunday. We stayed for one inning. We got back in the rental car, and we drove out to Mississauga to go to an OHL playoff game. Because I was like, I'd rather go to that than sit through and it was against the and it was the, it was the Blue Jays and the Yankees. There was a lot of Yankee fans there, and we didn't want to have to deal with that. Um, when we went I, to Boston, I saw a nod. I saw a nod from Bill that. there. I think Bill would agree with you. <laughs> Fuck baseball. Take me to a junior hockey game. No. Yeah. I, it was the architecture. Yeah. I wanted to see yeah. the Sky Dome. You know. Yeah. yeah. Yep. The, no one's the got hotel time for in the outfield. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when I was when I was looking at Boston, I was like, we got to go to Fenway. But it was like I, I, I made a snap decision at the end that I did the Boston trip a little earlier because I decided rather than go into a Red Sox game, I wanted to go to a University of Connecticut women's basketball game because I was like, that's a pretty dominant program. And I always liked that team. And, and it was a pretty cool game. Rebecca Lobo got her number retired. Kobe Bryant was there, you know, just just to, to go watch. So it was wound up being a pretty good game. It's senior night. So a couple of the couple of their players who are now in the WNBA got their jerseys honored and stuff. But um, yeah, and I've been to all the stadiums in California. I mean, I've been to, I saw the Cardinals play the Padres. I used to get free Dodger tickets through work. The Angel Stadium is one of my favorite baseball stadiums. It's one of the best atmospheres I've ever had at a sporting event is down in Anaheim. And then I, my wife has friends in San Francisco. So I made, I made them take me to a, a, a Giants game. We didn't really stay very long, but it was, that stadium is really cool because it's right on the, on the bay. And then I wanted to see the Oakland Coliseum just in case the A's were thinking about moving. And so what we did was we actually, because I'm a Southwest, I'm a Southwest Rapid Rewards member. I have a Southwest credit card. And because I'm again, I'm doing all this flying, plus it, they fly to St. Louis nonstop from LA. So I'm always coming home for Christmas. And so my, what, what Chad and I did was we flew up to Oakland on a Saturday morning, went to a one o'clock baseball game, and then flew back at like seven o'clock that night. But it's uh, wow. because they, 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 the Oakland's baseball stadium is like uh, it's like a mile from the airport. So, yeah. Right. So I want to ask you about uh, your you know time in St. Louis. Obviously, you talked about living in Illinois. Uh, what area? What high school did you go to? That's that's a big thing. If you're out here in the high school time and um, why Pavel Dimitro being your favorite player? Oh, the time? OK. Well, before I ask real quick, I was going to ask you, too. I, I think it's funny when you said uh my hockey journey, you made it sound like I'm someone for the sort of a player, but I got to make sure we know that, you know, it's an off season episode, right? I'm not a former player. I'm not the great Ken Wilson, but my goal is to make this episode <laughs> one of the most popular episodes, one of the more interesting riveting episodes. 
But I do want to set the scene real quick. Uh, can I ask real quick, Bill, Kurt, Jeff, how old are the three of you? Oh boy. Well, Kurt mm. is uh, Kurt is Kurt is sixty eight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, I'm forty six. Really? Bill? Oh wow. Okay, I did not guess that. Yeah. Uh, yeah Forty five. I don't yeah, Bill's know. 45. I'm 36. 36. Okay, I'll be 45 this we, summer. So I, I, I thought you guys were all younger than me, but yeah, just Jeff. Yeah. They mm. just they just have the, yeah. the, the younger faces. <laughs> yeah. I moisturize. <laughs> yeah, I got I got that I got the, the sun, the California sun is a little bit too hard on me. So yeah. And what's the, the what's the, before then before we get to okay, I'll answer the question. I swear I'm gonna answer your question. What's the ninety-four in the J Ponder though? what's that? Uh so it's it's uh it's just a number, uh my my hockey number. Um <laughs> not your one sport. you know what? You know what, Mike? I'm gonna give you a Doug Stolhand answer. One through ninety-three were taken. I was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> Because my, no, uh, my wife was it's, like, what's, it's a what's, mix, his, what's his Twitter handle? Yeah, and I said 94. She's like, was he born numbers. that year? And I was like, no. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I appreciate you thinking that, though. Uh, no, yeah. uh, the nine. So I'm. it's a mix of two numbers. Um, when I was a kid, I wore nine, strangely enough, because I was a big Doug Gilmore fan as a kid. So that was like my baseball okay. number. And um, But then when Chris Pronger, as you can see in my little picture, uh, when he came to be, I instantly fell in love with him as a player. Even when he was getting booed in St. Louis, I just loved the way he played. So I added a four to it. So that's that's where the 94 comes from. Okay. Just curious. Yeah. And then yeah. like, and then I assume that all the, the three of you are the three of you all born and raised in the St. Louis area as well, or did you guys move there? I was, yes. Oh well, actually, Bill was born in Japan, but right. Yeah, I, oh, I was. Wow. I was born in Japan, and um, shortly thereafter, uh, my dad was in the Red Cross. Uh, his assignment uh, was to Kansas City, and then shortly thereafter, he decided we needed to move back to St. Louis. So, um, grew up. Uh, I actually grew up in Cahokia. And, oh, okay. Uh, Played played hockey my entire life at the chain link rink, and uh, yeah, um, played hockey with Jay Velarde. Verity, Verity, damn it! Yeah, damn yeah. It. Good luck getting him on this summer now. Yeah, no kidding, hey, right? that's, hey, that's your the job. assistant coach. Was, yeah, the assistant coach of the Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Oh, wow. we'll delete okay. this. We'll we'll edit that part out. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, he won't just, see. Just, it. just start over. Say it again. Say it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jay Verity. Okay. There, I'll fix that later. And uh, yes. don't worry, there we'll uh, we'll just block this uh, episode from anybody in Arizona seeing it. So we're good. Yeah. 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 It's so <laughs> funny. It's like I've, IP range block. I've, right. Yeah. I've lived. I've moved around. I I like my father. I so said my father was in the military. Moved around and. And what's so funny is whenever you live in a place, sometimes you take it for granted, like certain um, uh, side attractions, you know, landmarks, you don't even bother to go to them until you realize, oh, crap, we're moving, you know. And although I lived in, in the St. Louis area for several years, I never went to the Cahokia Mounds. And I know it might not be the most exciting place, but it's one of those ones that I want to go to. And my wife has said, because she, my wife is born and raised in Los Angeles. And so whenever I bring her home, she's like, is there something you want to show me? And I said, I want to go to Cahokia Mounds. It'd be a good excuse to go bring her there so I could see it for a change. Well, the, the yeah, biggest I, mound actually... in the area now is uh, across the street. They got the, the landfill is actually the tallest mound uh, yeah. across the highway. <laughs> yeah. I've actually never been there either. Well, okay, I take that back. I went in kindergarten, apparently, but I do not remember it. 
um i was i was drinking a lot uh when i was that age so in kindergarten I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah no no yeah. i i just don't remember it and i actually made it it's funny i made a comment to my a lot wife of milk. about a lot of milk, how about yeah i was like I'm, uh, you know i'm like hey glass bottles my son's eight he's never been <laughs> there so, so i'm good. like so i'm like oh hey why don't we uh why don't we go to koikia mount sometimes she goes no that is like the most boring thing ever and i'm like I'm Native American. I feel like I get something out of it. And she's like, no, you won't. And I'm like, okay, I guess we won't go. So a museum. But if Tokyo Mountains would like to sponsor right. Let's Go Blues Radio. Yeah. There, is a, there is a museum. Right? I, I haven't been there forever right. either. I was in grade school. But yeah. there's a museum, right? You could learn, you could learn some stuff. Right. And, and did your brother do a lot of research work in college there? I, I thought it was part of, wasn't he part of the GIS program that did a bunch of that research on Monk's Mount? My oh, my brother, things? my brother. Yeah, your brother, Greg. Uh, probably, yes, Greg. Yeah, probably, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought know. you were talking about Jeff. I was like half paying attention. I was oh, like, my Kurt's, brother. Kurt's sitting here going, yeah. wait a minute, I have right. a brother? Because I was like, well, that's not, that's not my brother would do. Oh, he is talking about my brother. <laughs> <laughs> Why would Bill be talking about my brother? I don't know. It was a, it was a conversation about you not visiting Kokia Mountains. I don't know. I just, I was... I, I didn't follow the path of that conversation very well, so my, my apologies. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, we'll cut that out of the okay. show. Uh, okay. my uh, God. No, so okay, so my hockey journey. I I, I mentioned to you I, when we were in our uh, Twitter DM exchange. I'm always fascinated about people and how they come to the hockey because mine's kind of a unique story. Um, like I said, my father was in the military. I was born I was born in Great Lakes, Illinois, which is a big, big naval base about 30 minutes north of Chicago. If you know anybody that's ever joined the Navy. I believe now, I think they used to have a, a boot camp in San Diego, in Orlando maybe, but now everybody that joins the Navy, they do boot camp in Great Lakes. And so my father was an instructor. And so at, he was in Vietnam. And then when he came back from Vietnam, they, they wanted people who to teach that had some experience. He was like 25 years old. And they said, how about you? And so he was teaching 18-year-old recruits at the age of 25. And so I was born um, there. And then we moved we moved to Florida, we moved to Maine, we moved back to Florida, and we moved back to Great Lakes. And that's where I was in kindergarten. And I, we stayed in uh, that Chicago area from kindergarten to fifth grade. And my family, my father's side of the family is from Southern Illinois. My mother's side of the family is from uh, Northeast Arkansas, near the Missouri border. And so there is a lot of St. Louis Cardinal fans in our family. And so in 1982, I'd have been six years old. That's when my memories start to begin. I remember the Cardinals winning the World Series. And as a, as a six-year-old, that's I think like most six-year-old American boys, we tend to play baseball, right? And so I did t-ball and all that. And I mentioned how like 82, the Cardinals won the World Series. 83, the White Sox won the division. 84, the Cubs won the division. 85, the Cardinals won the pennant. So it was like total just baseball, baseball all the time. And I feel like, you you know, even though my family was Cardinal fans, my sister and I became Cubs fans because were, we were watching them on WGN. She had a crush on Ryan Sandberg. My favorite player was Jody Davis. Yeah. And well, yeah. And so, <laughs> you know, and we had and we had, you know, Bull Durham at first base and the Sarge Gary Matthews out in left field and Rick Sutcliffe uh, on the mound. And so that was my like my team. And I always joke about the fact that when I was in Chicago, the Blackhawks were not on television. I'm sure you guys know the stories. Oh, yeah. Burks. The longest yeah. time. We've yeah. talked and about that bill. on the show a lot. Dollar bill. Dollar, Dollar bill. bill. And I did not realize it until I did research when I did one of my first – I did a whole three-part series on my blog about how I became a fan. And, and I looked into it. I did not know that, that – tell me this sounds familiar to St. Louis Blues fans from the mid-'90s. 
the only way you could get the Blackhawks home games was to go to your cable station and pick up a converter box and watch them on pay-per-view, which is what happened in the 96 playoffs when Prime the Blues got Gretzky. Prime Sports, right? Prime, Prime Sports with St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah when yeah, St. Louis was here. Yeah. I can tell you that story that, like, I was very fortunate that that uh, within a 50-mile radius, they used to black out the Blues games in the 96 playoffs that they were on ESPN. We lived 60 miles from St. Louis, so we were just outside that. So I was able to watch a couple of those games, but none of the home games in the first round against Toronto. That was that always sucked. But, um, so, yeah, so I always joke about that I, I was that close to being a Blackhawks fan, but just the, the games weren't on TV. So it was – we. I mean, and, that, and their team was halfway decent, I, you know. I mean, you know, like and back in the Norris – that's oh, what's what great. boggles my mind is I think about Dollar Bill and I think about guys like you. How many people were like you that were like, I want to watch hockey. The Blues are the only ones I can watch. So I'm a Blues fan. If Dollar Bill wouldn't have done what he did, how many more Blackhawks fans would there be in Illinois? Yeah. You know, it's I mean, it's crazy. And plus we I, I think we you could probably can attest to all the people that you might have met in the last, what, 11 years that there were no Blackhawks fans before 2010. So um, anyway, uh, the um, I will say, like I said, we, we I never really had an opportunity. There weren't video games at that point either. I think there was an Atari ice hockey game, but I was just playing baseball. And then in 1985, my dad got transferred. We had the option. I remember we were going to move to Japan. Honestly, funny that Billy, Bill mentioned that. Um, we were all set to go. We were learning up on the culture. Okay, you take your shoes off and you enter the house. And then at the last minute, they said, oh, instead of going to Japan, how would you feel about going to Pearl Harbor, Hawaii? And uh, they said, we want you to go ask, go ask your wife. I told my dad, go ask your wife and see what she thinks. And my, my, my mom was like, yeah, we're going. We're, we'll, we'll go to Hawaii. We'll do that. <laughs> um, at, least it's a, at least it's the same country, even though it does feel like a different country out there. And so I was in the fifth grade. We moved, we moved to Hawaii. And still, I did Little League Baseball, continued with Little League Baseball as well. As you can imagine, there's not much of a hockey footprint out there. There isn't one ice rink in Honolulu. We went there on a sixth-grade field trip. But uh, otherwise, yeah, there wasn't – didn't really know much about the sport. And I always joke about, in 1988, three things happened. And that was, have another donut, you fat pig, which <laughs> at, the, at the time – at the time, Close, I was Bell. watching – That's such a good quote. Yeah, I was watching so much ESPN Sports Center because I was re- – we always say – there's, there's a great saying that says sports – is never better than when you're 12 years old. And I was 12 years old in 1988. My favorite player was Will Clark. I, I really started liking the Giants. I watched Same. so much baseball. Yeah, I would watch ESPN Sports Center. Chris Berman, who I I met him, you know, at, it's all the little nicknames and stuff. And, yeah, and it was so great. So I'd watch it every night, and all of a sudden, I just have another donut, you fat pig thing. I'm like, what is this? I still do not understand how they are not – how they have not made an ESPN 30 for 30 about that, I'll never understand. <laughs> and so because that, that series, that Bruins, I think it was, yeah. it was Bruins and the Devils, right? And that series was on ESPN. So, of course, SportsCenter ran with that story for a while. And I was like, okay, that's the hockey. That's the one where they all they all fight and skate. Okay. And then um, I remember, I remember, I think Mario Lemieux won the Hart Trophy that year. And it was like the first time in like seven years that Gretzky didn't win it. And that was, that made the news. And then Gretzky got traded in the summer of 88. That was the second thing. And I, that made the news. And all of a sudden it was like, okay, I remember hearing about that. I remember that iconic Sports Illustrated cover with him and Magic Johnson. And then I do believe in 1988 was when Nintendo released their ice hockey game. And I used to play that with the skinny guy, the fat guy, and the little medium-sized guy. And so I was all into the Nintendo. What, and what, I, was, your com- what was your combination, Mike? 
I used to, you know, because the skinny guys were fast, but they get knocked off the puck easy. The fat guys were slow, but they had a hard slap shot, right? So I would usually do like two two skinny guys so I could skate circles around people. And then you have one fat guy for the slap shot and then one medium-sized guy just to kind of pass the puck. I was I was all medium guys. All medium? And I, okay. and I did pretty good. I, I did. I used to knock yeah. guys off the puck pretty well. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we could have a whole episode. We should have an episode oh. where we all play ice hockey and have a tournament. <laughs> That'd be a lot of fun. That's for fun. And then, and then Blades of Steel came out. Let's face it, Blades of Steel was just boxing on ice. That wasn't like I didn't. That the hockey in Blades of Steel was not very fun. It was basically we we used to play it just to see how soon we could start a fight. But then, okay, so all that stuff happened in 1988, and then in 1988 was also when ESPN lost the NHL contract and it went to Sports Channel. And in Hawaii, we didn't get Sports Channel, so. Boom, right there. I, I lost my exposure to hockey. And because of course ESPN doesn't have hockey, so they're not gonna talk about it on Sports Center. As you when they imagine. have hockey, and, they don't have hockey. Well, so. yeah. <laughs> so it was like it was um so from that point on, it was like I just it wasn't until about nineteen ninety one when the EA Sports NHL games came out because I had I had the Madden game, I had Lakers versus Celtics, and then the first NHL hockey game came out and that's when I learned who the Winnipeg Jets were and who the San Jose Sharks were and who the Washington Capitals. Like I knew that, that when you played with the Kings, number 99 was Gretzky. Cause remember it, the first game had all the teams, but not the players. Right. And so I learned who all the teams were. And then that year, I think the next year was when they came out with the 93 version, which had all the players, but not the teams. And so they taught us who all the, um, I learned who Luke Robitaille and Pat LaFontaine were. And so we moved, and from there we moved to Kentucky. In my junior year in high school, we moved we moved to Kentucky, and that was the same around the same time that ESPN got hockey back. And so that was the '93 playoffs. I graduated high school in 1993. I, the syndicate playoffs in 1993 are fantastic. There's a great book called The Season in Time. I agree. Which I have, yeah, I have my bookshelf that that was the. That if, if you're looking for a, a good playoff yeah. series to get you into hockey, the '93 playoffs yes. was it. Yes. And so uh, that so was. I would, uh... That was the McSorley. Yeah, uh, I was going to say that was uh, yeah. what, the the Dale Hunter Pierre Turgeon. Yep. Um, oh, in round yeah. one, and then um, the Habs knocking off the uh, the Islanders in round three, and mm-hmm. uh, and then um, you know the the infamous Carey Fraser um, call uh, the the McSorley stick, and uh, yeah, just mm-hmm. great, great, great playoff year. I I remember yeah, where I was for the McSorley, for the McSorley <laughs> stick game. I was watching that game at uh, my cousin Jeff's house. I, it's, it's one of those moments in my life where it's a sports moment, and it's interesting because it's not you know a St. Louis team, but you know being a hockey fan that I am, uh, I was I I know where I was at the moment when I saw that uh, that happened. I was my eyes popped out of my head when that happened. I was like, oh my god, that's yeah. crazy. I- I was still learning the rules, so I didn't know about the illegal stick stuff. So, yeah, I was watching that game. I had a, fr- I had a friend who was from, I guess, if you go down, I think it's 55, down the river. Uh, he, he lived in a town. He was from, from a town called Potosi. Yeah. And oh, yeah. this was, we were in, so this was in Fort, this is in Fort Knox, Kentucky. My dad was working at a naval station in Louisville, and there was no housing for us. So they stuck us at the Army Post in Fort Knox, where these Navy people living on this Army Post and one of my best friends was from Potosi. And so we would play NHL 93 and he was always the blues. And he's like, blues, blues, blues. That's my team. And so I was like, okay, I would just be, I would just be Vancouver. I was a big Pavel Bure fan. 
And so I played with them. And then I remember we were watching a lot of the Blues playoff games together. I missed the, the Blackhawks series that year. I didn't see any of those games. But the, the Maple Leafs games, I saw a couple of those. And I'll never forget, see if you guys remember, this is a little trivia fact. Game seven that year against Toronto was on a Saturday night on Hockey Night in Canada. And the Leafs totally jumped on the Blues. I think they scored like three or four times in the first period. They wound up winning six to nothing in game seven. And that night on Saturday Night Live at the end, you know, where they'd have the host would come out and he'd have, they'd have all the cast members behind them and they'd all wave goodnight to the audience. Yeah. I can't remember. I yeah. think it might have been Nicole Kidman, but I forget who the host was. And Mike Myers is there. Toronto yep. native yeah. Mike Myers, and he's got a Maple Leafs jersey on. I remember that. And so, I remember that. and when they're playing, yeah. when they're playing the outro, when they're playing the outro music, if you watch it, he's going six zero six zero to the camera, and I'm like, so it's so funny to think about if you watch the rerun of that episode, you'll actually see that. But uh, yeah, no, I remember, I remember the finals. I didn't go to my senior prom. I didn't have a date. But uh, I did watch <laughs> I, d- I remember watching the Stanley Cup finals. I remember John LeClaire doing a couple back to back overtime goals and then and then my dad retired that summer and I graduated high school and we moved back to his hometown, which is a little bump in the road called Sandoval, Illinois. And it's basically where Highway 51 and Highway 50 meet. There are no stoplights. There are fifteen hundred people. There are at least a half a dozen bars. And so that's where I got dropped into this town. I went to high school. I went to Moanalua High School in Honolulu, Hawaii. And then I went to Fort Knox High School in Fort Knox, Kentucky. Those were my two high schools. I played basketball. I'm six foot five. I played basketball my senior year. But no, again, no exposure to hockey at any of this, any junctures. And so we moved to Sandoval in 1993. The next town over is, is uh, Centralia. Uh, I always, when I'm talking to people from St. Louis and I try to place my city my town, I should say. I always say Carlisle Lake. Most people know where the Carlisle Lake is at. And then I just say, okay, from yeah. Carlisle Lake, go, go 10 minutes to the east. We're about 60 miles from St. Louis. And so it's like, is it my hometown? I didn't, I, I didn't go to, I, I moved there after high school. It's my, it's my parents. My, my parents met there in, when, in the 1960s and got married and then moved back there. And so all of a sudden, I had KPLR. I had a local team because I was like, I was watching a lot of hockey. I was playing a lot of NHL 93. I didn't, I wasn't going to school. So I was just st- staying up all night, playing video games, sleeping all day. And then when the hockey season started, it was like, oh, wow. Not only do I get ESPN games with Gary Thorne and Bill Clement. Now I got Ken Wilson, Joe Micheletti, and I got the blues. And so I watched a game here, a game there. And then in January, I went, I started going to the local junior college. I went to Kaskaskia College in Central Illinois and I, on my very first day at the orientation, I met a guy who was a huge blues fan and we kind of hit it off. And he's like, I'll, I got to take you to a game sometime. And I was like, sure, that, that would be great. That would be, be a lot of fun. And we went February, February, 1994 was my very first blues game at the old arena. And he's like, we got to go early so we can get in the parking lot and watch the players come in. And, and I was like, okay, sure. And uh, I, I bought a program and he's like, we walk around the arena. Don't turn your back to the ice because the pups are just going to come flying. And we're like, okay, no problem. My feet were sticking to the concourse as you're walking around. You know, you're looking at the, 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 the partial view seats, you know. So it was like, okay, this is really – he's like, he's like, oh, the best part is you got to go down to the lower level. The ushers will let you go down there during the pregame skate. And so I'm like – and the best part was you watching the guys walk out onto the rink. They're huge. You know, they're on skates, so they look, they look gigantic. And – it was the Washington Capitals. I'll never forget. Ally Afraidy was gigantic when he walked out on the ice. Uh, and a, a fun little icebreaker question we always ask to people is, what was the goalie matchup of your very first hockey game? And I remember mine was, 
Mine was Rick Tabarachi versus Jim Rivnack. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so I had a wow. I had a run there. I had a run there for like the first, I want to say six or seven blues games I went to. The opposing team always played their backup goalie. So I got to see I got to see uh Jeff Hackett and Craig Billington and Darcy Wakaluk. I got to see the greats. Oh, the greats. And so uh <laughs> but, but yeah, so I I did, we went to this, this Washington Capitals game. I bought a program. It was the coolest thing ever. And then um, my buddy said, we got we to go to another game. And I'm like, I should probably, we should probably see to who the best teams are. You know, it, was, it was a bit of a hike. You got to drive all the way over there. You had, this is about, you had to buy tickets over the phone, right? You had to stay on hold and then hope you could get through. And I remember in 1993, if you guys remember, uh, ESPN2 debuted. And right around that time, Michael Jordan retired the first time. And they did a roundtable discussion on one of the shows on ESPN2. And they said, who should you go see before they retire? Because Michael Jordan is now gone. And so one guy said Joe Montana, which was a good pick because he retired, I think, the, I think after the 94 season. And then someone else said Wayne Gretzky, which is ironic because he played like six more seasons. But, and so I told my buddy, I was like, we got to go see Wayne Gretzky. And so the Kings were in uh, St. Louis in April of 94 and Gretzky was on the verge of breaking the record. So we had our tickets and we're like, oh man, if Gretzky can, can break Gordie Howe's record in St. Louis, that'd be so cool. We're going to, we're going to go to this game. And I bought a Kings puck hoping to get Gretzky to sign it. And I had my, my blues program. I went to the, I went to the local uh, trading card store and I got a stack of St. Louis blues cards. I got Igor Korolev and Vitaly Karamnov and Chase and Shanahan and Janney and all these all these blues, Jim Montgomery. And we, we showed up in the parking lot and uh, I, my favorite player in the Kings was Rob Blake. So I, brought, I had a Rob Blake card and we were sitting in the parking lot, the Kings bus pulled up and like all the players are around Gretzky, like forming a little human shield so that he doesn't get mobbed. So all the fans are running to Gretzky and Rob Blake's by himself. And so I kind of wandered over and I was like, hey, Mr. Blake, can I, can I get your autograph? He's like, oh, yeah, no, no one else asked him. So he's like, sure, no problem. He, he signed my card. I met Rob Blake about three years ago in Ontario. He's now the GM of the Kings. And I got a picture, and I told him that story. And he was like, wow, that was a long time ago. How do you remember that? But uh, he, was, he was really, really nice. So then the Blues start rolling in one at a time. I'm, I'm getting this person's autograph. I got Craig Jennings, one of my favorite players. I got his autograph. I got Shanahan's autograph. You know, And uh, that was like one of the greatest games, even though Gretzky had broken the record I think like three games before it, like I, we just missed it. And before the game, Peter Stastny and Brett Hull gave Wayne Gretzky a plaque to congratulate him for, for breaking the record. And it was one of the best hockey games I'd ever seen. There was a, I saw a penalty shot. Cujo stopped Mike Donnelly on a penalty shot. The blues, I think scored six or seven times in that game, but it was funny because I had a, uh, I had, it was my first semester in, at Kaskaskia and at the beginning of the semester, my, my, one of my classes, they, they, gave, they gave us a, a schedule that showed which days our exams for that class were going to be. It was a trigonometry class. And I had an exam the day after the game. And so he said, if anybody has any conflicts with our exam schedule, come see me in my office hours. And I actually went to him in his office hours and said, excuse me, sir, I'm going to a blues game the night before this exam. Could we have the exam the day before? Because I don't want to have to be studying while I'm at the game. And to his credit, he's like, you know, it's a good thing you asked me ahead of time because I'll go ahead and do it. But I won't tell any of your classmates that we're pushing the exam up two days because you want to go to a Blues game and not have to worry about it. 
so uh but uh yeah and i did you know did did okay on the exam and then i got to go to the game with a clear mind and it was like one of the better games i'd ever seen yeah so that's awesome yeah i and then i think i i I never got to go to savis until um we i remember we went to a cardinals game one time went to a day game in the afternoon and we went to a blues blackhawks preseason game i think it was one of the very first years they were they were in savis so uh, or well, that time would have been Kiel Center, right? So we used to go. I mean, I probably went to seven or eight uh, Blues game at Kiel before I left. Demetra was a guy that I just, I, I really res- I really responded to him. I, m- I remember that trade, you know, Christopher Olsen, we love you, but it's still one of the greatest trades in all of <laughs> NHL history. Um, and one of the best Blues games I've ever been to, probably the best Blues game I've ever been to, was I was at game four of the 97 opening round against the Red Wings. That's the one with the, go- with, with the, with the big brawl with the goalie fight. Mm-hmm. And uh, Demetra scored. I believe Demetra scored in that game, and it was. I was like, "This is my guy. This is the guy that I like." Because I was never when I got into the Blues. You know, I'm assuming around the same time you guys did. Probably you guys probably got in before me because you had been living there. Um, I was never Brett Hall. I mean, I, I, I respected him. He was the big sniper, but I was always more Shanny. Shanny and Janny were, were, were the two guys that I really liked a lot. And then when 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 they both got traded within you know a year of each other, it was just like, "Oh, well, this is how it works, right? Guys are going to get traded." And so um, Demetra came along and it was just like, okay, this is the guy that I like. And I, I, I grew to love Pronger as well. And so, yeah. And it was, like I said, and, like, and then Demetra followed me to Los Angeles. So that was always kind of yeah, right, Shanahan, right. Shanahan, Yeah, Shanahan was my, my uh, favorite when he was here too. He was a, he was a, his, I mean, his stuff in the media guide alone uh, would, would make you crack up. So Bill, Wasn't I'm going to share something. I'm going to share something yeah. with Bill that, uh, uh, will make him feel better because I know he's watching this game pretty closely. And former Blue Alex Petrangelo just uh, made it three to two recently. But um, yeah, I uh, uh, actually uh, uh, Bill gave me a bunch of his old uh, VHS tapes uh, to to post old Blues games on uh, YouTube. And uh, one of the games that I just went through was a uh, a a Hartford Whalers at St. Louis Blues game after Gretzky was on the Blues. <sighs> And oh, uh, Brent, Brendan Shanahan was on that team. And so I'm like, man, this yeah. might be the one time that I actually can see Brendan Shanahan skate with the Whalers. He was only there for what, half a season? He wasn't there well, very he long. Did. He, he did the full year because I got a VCR for my 18th birthday in 1994. And uh, <laughs> I'll never forget going to the video store and going into the room in the back. And then I came out to rent the movie, and I remember the uh, the guy said, "You just turned eighteen, didn't you?" And I'm like, "Yes, sir." <laughs> but um, family video, right? Oh no, this is this, this is like a local podunk <laughs> video store in, in Sandoval. They didn't have family video yet, but Sandoval, uh, I've driven uh, I've driven through there. Sandoval. Yeah. So, uh, but no, I remember um, when the, when the when the Shanahan trade happened because I one of the first things that I uploaded to YouTube when I found a way to upload my VHS tapes was the 1996 all-star game uh, festivities, the, the all-star Saturday night and Shanahan's on the whalers. And I still get YouTube comments from people going, when was Shanahan on the whalers? And I'm like, well, he was that season. Cause that was the year he was an all-star. He was their lone representative, but that game, cause I, I never got to see Gretzky in St. Louis. We, I never got a chance. He was only there. What? 13 regular season games. I think it was or eight regular season games. I think it and was so, total 32 games. I could be wrong. 30, okay. Including playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, for some reason I was thinking it was I was thinking it was like twenty one. I thought it was eight regular season, thirteen playoffs, but you can double check that. Um 
I, w- I wanted to go to the Hartford game, but I think tickets had sold out after the trade happened because everyone's like, oh, well, Shanahan and Gretzky. And that game was not on television. It was, they, it was, or, or unless it was on the cable, it wasn't on KPLR. So I had to listen to that game on the radio. And so I remember, I think Gretzky, or I think Shanahan had a hat trick in that game. And so if you've got it uploaded to YouTube, I, that would be awesome after 25 years to finally be able to watch that game. Yeah. 31 <laughs> games, by the way. 31 it was, total. It was 31. Yeah. Yeah. So it was and 18, and, 18 and 13. Tickets. I had tickets to his first home game as a blue against the Florida Panthers. Florida. And we just happened to have the tickets video, before yeah. the trade. Brian Noonan scored nice. in that game, if I remember correctly. That's one of the Correct. games that I just upload. I uploaded. To, I had a lot of time off. I, I lost my job right before when the COVID pandemic happened. And so I, that's when I finally went through and started uploading a lot of my VHS tapes to YouTube. And that's one of the ones I had was the Florida game. His first. Nice. Gretzky's first game. Yeah. But, Very nice. Uh, well, guys, yeah. we are uh, we are up against a hard break. I've always wanted to say that. Uh, so we are <laughs> we're going to take a quick break here uh, and uh, hear from our friends over at Center Ice Brewery. Center Ice Brewery is St. Louis's only hockey-themed brew house. Stop on in during the next game to experience the ultimate hockey fan brewery while sampling various hockey-inspired beers, such as Old Arena Lager, the Beauty IPA, the Rotating Pale Ale Series, or seasonal offerings such as their Imperial Stout, their Lime Sherbet Sour, and much more. While you're there enjoying any number of their fantastic beverages, you can admire the bar top and tables made of authentic arena wood and the actual penalty box door from the old barn. Located at 3126 Olive Street in Midtown St. Louis, it's one of the best places to watch a Blues game, or any game. Visit centereyesbrewery.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or make a reservation in the tap room. Center Ice Brewery. Let's go Blues. Please drink responsibly. Uh, we are back, and um, yeah, Center Ice Brewery, we love that place. That's a place I'm sure we'll be visiting during the Stanley Cup final. Kurt and Bill, we haven't talked about that yet, but I'm sure, yeah. uh, you know, when Montreal, when Montreal is in the Stanley Cup final uh, against the New York Islanders, the the matchup that that we need but nobody wants. I think I saw somebody <laughs> post that on uh, Twitter. <laughs> I would love to see it. That would be awesome. But yeah, yeah. Uh, when that happens, uh, we will probably go up there for a game. So uh, keep your eyes out, folks, when we will have a Let's Go Blues Radio get-together at Center Ice Brewery. Um, and uh, we want to get to a couple comments here before we continue on. Uh, Austin Lynch, he asked this question, but I, he may not realize you live in California. But uh, he said, when you went to Angel Stadium – did you hit the Honda Center around the same time? And how was the experience <laughs> at the Honda Center? Oh, so I, yeah. I think like it's, I, said, I think is the basis of his question is just what was it like at Honda Center, which well, I know no, you've I been pre- to a couple times. Oh, I've been many times. Yeah, I appreciate I appreciate the that people asking the same questions. That's that's what I would have done when I did my planning, right? So, mm-hmm. um, if you if you guys know the the Angel Stadium and the Honda Center are walking distance, they're literally just right down the street. Usually. I, I when you live in Los Angeles, you learn to find secret parking places because you got to pay to park damn near everywhere. And it's kind of annoying. And so I've learned uh, random streets and alleys and and businesses that are closed to park at. And I once had someone tell me, you should have an app that tells people. And I said, well, that would defeat the purpose now, wouldn't it? If everyone knew where these <laughs> spots were. So um, there was a specific place I used to park in the back of a shell station when I went to Anaheim and I would work for the Ducks games or the Angels games. And they also have a live music venue in the parking lot at Angel Stadium. It's a really good live music venue. I've seen 
few concerts there and I would park there as well. Um, I went to the, I went to the, um, I moved, I moved to Los Angeles in 2003. I went to, I, I went to case, I went to Kaskaskia and I studied, I, I didn't know what to do with, with school. And so I chose physical therapy as my major because I heard all the baby boomers are getting older and, and physical therapy is a, 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 a field that's on the rise and they need people. So I studied that and then I was looking for a university to go to and I went to Northern Illinois University, which is in DeKalb. So yes, I had to answer that question everywhere I went. <laughs> and I, but I didn't get into their program. They put me on the waiting list. So I spent two years in DeKalb and at the same time I took a film class and it was I, I, uh, people in my dorm were like, you, you like movies, you should take this film class. You don't got to be a, uh, they didn't have a film department up there, but if you were a, um, if you were majoring in like, inter, uh, I think it was television. I think they had a, they had a television media major and they said, you can take this film class. I took it. I fell in love with it. And then someone said, well, you know, there's a film school down at SIU Carbondale. And I'd always heard, oh, Carbondale's the party school. I don't want to go there. That's where I went. That's where I went. Yeah. So I, I, thought, I thought I saw something about that on your Twitter. Yeah. So. Sorry. I'm, I'm going to interrupt you, Mike. Uh, Bill, big win there by your Canadians. How about that, huh? They yeah, held on. I still got 13 seconds left. Okay. Well, they <laughs> won, buddy. Nice. <laughs> God, I hate streaming. It has ruined the all of this. <laughs> well, sorry, man. I always, yeah, I always figure you're ahead of me. <laughs> I, we, we cut the cord a couple of years ago, and there's times when I'm watching games, and I pull up the ESPN app on accident. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I'm a little bit behind. Oh, I do that. I do that with Twitter constantly. Like I'll, I'll, uh, it'll yeah. be like overtime, and I'll be like, "Oh, I wonder what Jeremy Rutherford said about that play there." And then I look and no. lose, lose three to two, and it's like four people posted it. I'm like, "Damn it, the game's still going for me." Yeah, I don't. Oh, yeah. I don't. Well, you on social media when the game's still going on, you're behind. Oh my gosh. Yeah, sometimes I, I don't realize I'm behind. I guess. Sometimes I get so nervous I can't watch, and so when the Blues won, went on that Cup run. I used to have Twitter push notifications turned on for Elliot Friedman. He used to, whenever someone scored in overtime, he would always tweet it out. And so I, I found out about Pat Maroon's game seven goal because of Elliot Friedman. I, cu- I just couldn't oh. stand to watch the game. I was too nervous. Oh. And so that, I just, we've had talked about that. that game. We talked about that game yeah. and that game was as, as fun in hindsight, you know, as the ending was, that game was so yeah. painful to watch. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it, it, yeah. it gave you a heart attack. That was the Every, night that I woke oh. my son up who was in a deep slumber and uh, was inconsolable for a good 15 minutes. But my wife and I was the one time we were both just like, we don't care. <laughs> this, this was fantastic. Wow. We don't care. You cry all you want. You cry yourself back to sleep. We don't care. <laughs> I was actually at, I was in DeKalb when the Blues played the Coyotes in the first round. That would have been 99, I believe. And it was on, the game was on ESPN two game seven when Turgeon scored. We didn't have ESPN two in our dorms, so to find out what the score was, I had to wait. I had to turn into headline news every. I think it was like twenty minutes. They'd give you the the sports ticker, and so I found out that Turgeon had scored by by just happened to tuning in after it happened. And I remember going up and down my dorm room. You know, Turgeon scored the Blues won game seven, and the people were just like, I, "We don't, we don't care, we really don't care." <laughs> um, you know. And so, yeah, so I transferred to Carbondale. I majored in film and uh, I graduated in 2001. My best friend in college, he said, we should move to Los Angeles when we graduate. And then he got a girlfriend and I didn't. And so then he was like, I'm going to stay here. And I was like, I'm ready to move. And so I moved in uh, the fall of 2003, the last season before the lockout. And so I got here just in time to 
to see, um, I think that was when Tampa won the cup, right? Yeah. So, and then that was the year that Demetra came over in trade. That was the year when Jeremy Roenick stole all that money from the Kings. And, uh, and they also <laughs> got, and then the Kings also got Craig Conroy, who's one of my favorite players as well. So yeah. it was like, it was kind of cool to be there. I mean, we can, we can get into it a little bit later, but I did have a little bit of a, I call it a hiatus in my blues fandom because I spent so many years living out here and it was kind of a little bit detached and too many painful playoff losses in a row. And I kind of grew a little bit apart from the team at a time, but um, I did go to my first ducks game in 2003. It was the, they used to all, the ducks used to always play on the day after Thanksgiving. They always had an afternoon game and they played the Blackhawks. And I had a friend who was visiting town who was, who was a big Blackhawks fan. And I'm that schmuck that wore my blues Jersey to the game. I'm the guy that wore a Jersey of a team that wasn't one of the two teams playing, which is kind of like an unwritten rule. Right. And uh, my thought was, I'm like, I'm just cheering against the Blackhawks, you know? And I remember having somebody sitting in the row in front of us that was, she had a, she had a small kid with them and she was like, Oh, his jerseys where daddy's from or something like that. And I'm like, Oh, you're from St. Louis too. Okay. But uh, yeah. So I've been to the Honda center is really cool because it's original, right? They'd never had another arena. And it's amazing that, that so many different teams have had replaced their arenas since then. And it's still standing. It's still in great shape. It doesn't even have any escalators. You, to get to the upper level, you take stairs. And it's, it's, it's a great place to see concerts. There's not a lot of uh, luxury boxes. So when you're in the upper deck, you're, you're pretty close as compared to Staples Center, which is probably one of my least favorite arenas. Because when you're in the upper deck, there are three levels of, of luxury boxes stacked on top of each other. So you are very far removed from the ice when you're in the upper level and unfortunately when you go to 30 hockey arenas you tend to we tend to buy tickets in the upper level for all of them to save money i actually got to the point where chad was saying we specifically used to buy tickets on the corners because we're like let's see if we can get a seat that we don't really see utilized on a on a camera on television very often so we would always try to you know get into the corner angle as, as best as we could we we bought tickets for the lower level from time to time when we could you know phoenix phoenix is a good example when we went to glendale we were like the t- we, we we sat in the fourth row in Glendale and the tickets were only 60 bucks because wow, and we were like, wow. is it, we were like, is it worth Jeez. it to pace? Cause it was, it was $19 to sit in the upper deck or 60 bucks to sit four rows back from the glass. And we're like, are we ever going to get this opportunity to sit this close? So we really went oh, for I it. I would have done the same thing. Yeah. And the best part was Joe Pavelski scored on a one-timer right in front of us. I've never seen anything like it. Like literally the pass came to us. We were right, we were right there by the faceoff dot. And to see him one time, we were in the exact line of sight that he drove it in. And so you can see, I think I put it up on my blog when I recapped that trip to Arizona, where you can see my head and you can see Joe Pavelski right ahead of me, you know, doing his one-timer. And so I could see myself on the screen. But uh, yeah, and then of course, we'll get into that later. But game seven for the Blues in 2019, I did pay the extra money to sit in a lower level. No, you know what? Let's get into that right now. Because I know (laughs) that that our audience would love to hear the experience. And we've heard uh, uh, some people have, have shared their experience of going up to Boston and seeing that. But you as a guy who's not only just a Blues fan, but a guy who has just been all over, seen a bunch of games, what was that experience like for you? Yeah, I was very fortunate. And like I said, I had been working at that, at that point. I'd been, I, I got my job at 20th Century Fox in 2012. So I was making good money. I, 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 I had no children. I rent an apartment. I have a lot of time off. So I've got a little bit of disposable income. I did all 30 hockey arenas. Ironically enough, the 31st arena was Boston. And so we were there. We were there in March of 2019. And we happened to time it out for when they played the Hurricanes and the Hurricanes were wearing the Whaler jerseys. So that was oh, pretty nice. awesome. Oh, nice. 
That's yeah, cool. it just because we had a choice between seeing the Panthers on one night or the Whalers. Like we got to go to the Whalers game, and so um, when this game when this game came up, we basically Chad and I said, "Listen, we've seen all thirty arenas. How cool would it be to go to the Stanley Cup final?" Because in 2018, Chad had tickets, bought us tickets for Game Seven of the Stanley Cup final if Vegas and Washington made it to seven. And so we had our tickets. They only cost 500 bucks. We were in the nosebleeds. And so we watched that series going, I don't care who wins as long as it goes seven and then we can drive to Vegas and see game seven. And of course, and then in five. And so to be that close was really frustrating. And so we were like, okay, well, let's see if we can do this again. And when we got down to the final four, I believe it was what Boston, Carolina blues and sharks. So yeah. I, knowing my planning brain, my Slytherin Virgo brain, I had it all mapped out. And so I'm like, okay, which games can we go to? What are the possible cities? Where are the flights going to? So like Boston, Carolina, San Jose, St. Louis. And so um, we whittled it down. Of course, when it got down to the final two, then it was like, okay, now we got a choice to make. Do we want to just go to any game in the finals? Do I want to spend, you no, know, because it was the tickets for the first two games in Boston were still twelve, fifteen hundred dollars and so it was like, we're going to fly across the country to see one game of finals. And we're like, we should go to the game where they win the cup. But then you're like, well, how do you know when they're going to win the cup? It could be game four, five, six, or seven. So we were like, okay, are we going to go to all those games? And so we had it, we had that in our mind where we're like, maybe we should fly, start out. It's, it's, when, they, when the Blues and, and Bruins split the first two, we're like, okay, great. We don't got to go to game four now. So then we're like, okay, we got game five, we got game six. And then when it, when, when it got split at two to two, we're like, okay, great. Throw out game five. I bought a plane ticket to go home to St. Louis for game six. And so we're like, okay, we're going to do game six. We looked at getting tickets. I think it was the cheapest seat I saw was $2,100 for game six. And I said, (laughs) Bill, Bill went to that. Bill went to that. Okay. And I said, I cannot in good conscience fly across the country and pay $2,100 and not see the Stanley cup. I said, I would have been devastated if that would have happened. And so it was a very tough decision to Bill, make. But you're, I you're you're real. You're like the voice of reason to Bill right uh, now. <laughs> well, you live there, right? You live there. If I lived there, I would have dropped the two grand. Of course, you got to do it, right? But for me, yeah. it was like and I got to plan a hotel. Thought. I got to fly across the country, and I thought about it, and I and I had a trouble with it. And we finally said, "Listen, we, I can't do it because I would never have been able to live with myself." Because by that time, I was married, and I was like, "I can never live with myself if I paid all that money and they lost." And so we said, we're not going to do it. And I, there was a part of me that was like, if the Blues win, that's awesome. I could see the Blues win. They win it at home. It would be so great. That was a, correct me if I'm wrong, Bill, that was a Sunday night? It was. That was a Sunday night. Game seven was Wednesday. So when, the games, when they lost game seven, uh, I, went, I went over to Chad's house on Monday. And I said, are we doing this? Are we going to do this? Because I had to smooth it over with my wife and say, I'm going to drop a small fortune to do this. And I talked over to my boss. I said, listen, I might be flying to Boston on Wednesday. And we, we, we talked it over and we said, we, we, we got to. It's game seven. Because if anything, we finally had, again, we had just completed the 31 arenas. And now we know no matter what happens, the cup is being awarded. I'm not buying a ticket for game five and hoping that, because I can tell you that I had a chance to get tickets for game five of the 2014 finals when the Kings, when the Alec Martinez goal, but the same thing. The cheapest seat was 700 bucks. And I said, I can't pay 700 bucks and have the Kings lose. And of course it wound up being this fantastic overtime game. I wish I would have been there, but that's beside the point. So as soon as we realized, like I, I smoothed over with my wife and we, we conned ourselves into it by saying, listen, the cup's going to be rewarded, awarded no matter what. So we bought our tickets. I can tell you that it was 
to sit in the nosebleeds, it was $2,300. And if you remember, I believe there were fights in the nosebleed section in game five or game two. And I mean, Boston is a, is a, that's, that's a, that's a very unique city. And I didn't necessarily want to go up with the, in the nosebleeds and to sit in the lower bowl, we found seats for 2,700. And I said, if you're going to drop 23, you might as well drop 27. Yeah. I thought, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I don't mean to sound so callous about it. If, I know, I know I, I'm very good with my money as well. I know, but it's just like, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Even if the blues don't win it, I'll get to see the Stanley cup award. I would have done the same thing. Seven. Yeah, I'll get to see Dr- game drop the extra final. 400. Why not? Yeah. And so we flew, I found nonstop tickets on Alaska Airlines of all airlines, LA to Boston on Alaska Airlines. And so we, we flew at like six in the morning. We got into Boston at four. And so we were flying back the next day. We're not bringing luggage. We did, we wanted to be able to go straight from the arena or from the airport to the arena. So all we did was bring a little portable, uh, like a drawstring bag that had a pair of underwear and um, another shirt and we didn't even bring toothpaste because most hotels will give you a single serving of toothpaste and a toothbrush. So all, all I brought was literally a pair of underwear and a t-shirt and, and that's it. I threw them in a bag and we flew to Boston. And so we got in about four o'clock. We took a, we took a Uber or a Lyft to the arena. We had just been there four months earlier. So we knew our way around TD garden and um, the, the team store was still open, thankfully. So we, we got all of our merch. I specifically did not get a T-shirt because the shirts just said Stanley Cup Final and had both teams' logo. I specifically waited to get one that said Champs. Um, and so, yeah, I have that puck. I got yeah, that puck. I, at- yeah, this the, the puck, for those of you listening on the podcast, the Stanley Cup Final puck, Bruins and Blues. Uh, I have that, and it's probably going to sit – on my desk until the day I die. So that's the way I see it. <laughs> I was collecting a lot of pucks on my da- my different uh, trips across the country, especially if they had the holiday ones. Like if we were in an arena near Valentine's Day or Thanksgiving and they had the little cool decorative pucks. So I've got about a dozen. But um, so, yeah, I got the puck. I got a little pin. I got a program. I got I got all that stuff. And then, um, yeah, then we went we went down into the, the, the little area across from the arena uh, uh, NHL network was live. NBC was live. So we kind of walked around there, did some pictures. We're like, we got to get a bite to eat. So we, 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 all the places were packed. As you can imagine, we found like a, a winery that was like a block or two away that served dinner. And what the cool part was we were sitting in the winery and then all the blues wives and girlfriends rolled in with their denim jackets. If you remember, they had those denim jackets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so with the numbers I, on the back and the names. Yeah, yeah. And so they all rolled in, they were sitting at a table, you know, not 20 feet from us. Right. And so um, just, I mean, I know it was probably fine, but I did not want to have any kind of trouble getting out of the arena. So I did not wear a blues jersey. I wore a blues t-shirt. Um, I became friends when I was home that year, earlier in the 2018-19 season, when the blues were in dead last, I went to a blues game in St. Louis. I was visiting, I was visiting, I have an uncle who lives um, outside the city out in Wentzville. And I was visiting him. And I said, I'm going to the Blues game tomorrow. And he was like, oh, do you have tickets? And I was like, I'll just get them on StubHub. And he was like, give me a minute. And he made one phone call. And he was like, I got two tickets for tomorrow. I know a guy. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. And, uh, and that guy, we've been, we've been uh, kind of pen pals ever since. I've sent him stuff from the Fox merchandise store. He sent me a Blues t-shirt. I wore that Blues t-shirt to game seven. And so um, we had our meal. And I remember walking by, I think it was Bozak's wife 
walked by me and saw my shirt and I kind of gave her like a let's go blues thing before they before we went into the arena. Um, but yeah, so we we got in, we, we went in there as soon as the doors opened, we did our thing, walked around. I got a picture with the mascot like I used to always do. Um, and we just kind of took our seats and we just said, we, we, this is it, this is game seven. Louis DeBrusque was sitting a little bit behind us because his son was playing in the game. Um, I was going to go say something to him because I do, I like, the Oilers are a fun team to watch. I do like watching the Oilers. Um, and so I can tell you, I've been to what, how many, 50, 60 some odd hockey games now. As you can imagine, I have never heard a louder arena. I mean, the pregame, when they did the pregame introductions and when they introduced Zidane Chara with the broken jaw mask, that it was, I mean, it was deafening. I, when I, when I tell you it was deafening, like it was just, everyone was standing and it was, yeah, it was insane. And so the funniest part about it was when the game started, I was like, okay, are we going to sit down? This is game seven of the Stanley cup finals, right? Oh no, no. Everybody in the section standing up. And of course there's a couple of old guys sit down. I can't see. And we're like, just game seven of the Stanley cup final. Are you, are you really expecting us to sit? Right. And so every close play, as you can imagine, just the gasp. Oh, oh, got one of those. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The, uh, I I'm, just, I'm just holding up the uh, rally towel they gave away at the game seven in Boston. I didn't know yeah. you had that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I have it all the things. My, I'm surprised that, like, that when the, you uh, bought that, I'm guessing you bought it on, like, eBay or Craigslist or something. I'm surprised that when they didn't see they were shipping it to St. Louis, they weren't like, no, fuck that. Oh, they they may have done stuff to it. They may have done stuff to it, uh, which I'm it fine breaks with. My, I want. It breaks my heart that I saw that the Blues were giving out since the, everything was ticket was was uh, digital tickets. They had a thing where if you gave them your seat number, they would send you a physical ticket like to commemorate. Uh, I don't know if you did that or not, Bill. But when I went to Boston, I went I to the guest relations. When I went, to, I went to guest relations in Boston. They're just like, no, no, we don't have that. So all I had was a digital ticket. It was just so annoying. They go, go to Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Final, and there's no ticket to remind me. Can you like? Can you but like print something out? Like what I did was because I, I this summer during my my COVID related uh, hiatus, um, I put together a scrapbook because all of these hockey trips I've been collecting my ticket stubs, uh, all kinds of random uh, uh, brochures and ephemera from every random uh, tourist trap that I went to, and I'm like, this will make a cool scrapbook, and so I needed something for the Game Seven. Scrapbook, and so I actually went on a website and found somebody selling the ticket for like hundreds of dollars, like an actual ticket. And so I just grabbed a, a PDF of it, gave it to my wife, and she she printed it out as a photograph, and I put it in my scrapbook like that. That's what I there did. you go. That's the way to do <laughs> so, it, man. That makes sense. Uh, but yeah, and so like I said, that first period was absolutely insane. We st- we stood for the whole time. Just loud, audible gas on every close play. Can I, okay, I've, I've got to ask you. You're talking about the the, the first period when yeah. Brad Brad Marchand goes for that change, and the Blues come down and score. Well, what was, was being goal. said around you? Yeah, what that was being was said around goal. you when that happened? And so, what was so funny was like the people we the people we were sitting next to. I we got to meet them during before the game started. They were season ticket holders, and they were really nice to us. They understood. Oh well, you know, you grew up watching the Blues, and you've seen all the arenas. You know, we, we, if if we don't win, we, it'd be nice if you won. You know, that kind of a thing. And did, did the they first... ask you, "Hey, Mike, where'd you park your car?" <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't like you think. Um, the first goal was the the first goal was the one that really hit because again, I'm you know, butterflies the whole time. And you're just like, again, I, you tell yourself, I don't care who wins, whatever. 
But when the first goal goes in, it was like, whoa. And just this whole, the place gets deflated, right? And you're like, oh, wow. Okay, this is this is a thing. And then the fans are like, oh, no, it's fine. And they, quick little brief pause, they're back up cheering again. Well, then, then the second goal happens, like what? Ten, was it like 10 seconds ago in the period, right? And then Marshawn with the bad change. That happened in the, the goal right in front of us. That was that was the cool thing about it was the we were in front of the Blues net for the first and third periods. We were on that end of the ice. And so the goal happened right in front of us, and we're like, what the – like, okay. And then the, 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 the damper hit again, and everyone – and all of a sudden you're starting to see people, what the hell, God, what you stupid Bruins? And, and um, I can start to see the pockets of Blues fans filtered throughout the arena – and we're all kind of pointing at each other. I didn't have anyone directly near me, but you could see jerseys and stuff all around. And so that intermission was just like, like I think if it would have been one nothing, it would have been okay. But because it was 2 nothing, all of a sudden, there was a little bit of a tense moments for the fans. They weren't as chatty during the intermission. I wasn't talking to anybody. I was just kind of sitting there with my blue shirt, you know, just sort of enjoying, waiting for the next period to start. And I'm texting my good buddy, Adam, who lives in Decatur, and he had driven to Bush. He watched the game at Bush Stadium. And I guess it was rain. Was it raining in Bush that night, I believe? And mm-hmm. so, yeah. yeah, he's telling me about, oh, it's, he's, he's like, what's it like in Boston? I'm like, well, it's crazy. What's it like in Bush? And he's like, oh, it's, even, it's, it's maddening. You, you can imagine. And, and so, yeah, so then we, we, it's, you're just counting the moments. It's the longest 19 minutes of your life waiting for the, for the uh, period to resume. No, 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 no goals in the second period, right? So it was just kind of right. like the same thing where it was like, okay, the fans are still in it. It's still okay. Then the second intermission hits and you're like, uh oh, it's not. It's this isn't good, you know. And then when the third what goal about, hit, okay, wait, let me ask you okay. the uh, the second period. That was when Bennington made that monster save on Nordstrom, right? That was was there? Did do, you do, do? Was that the third? Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Th- do you, okay. I still wanted to ask you about that. So, like, did you hear like an audible like, "Fuck, we're done," when he made uh, yeah. that save? Yeah, because that's much. that's how I feel. Like blues fans reacted the exact opposite. It was, oh my god, they're actually going to do it. That save proves they're gonna fucking do it. Yeah, the audible gasp were there. I think it didn't hit me until the fourth goal because the third goal happened. Again, I've been a blues fan for twenty five years and, and a sports fan even longer, so I've known how these things happen. And so when, when the third goal went in, it was like, okay. How much time? Okay, they can easily do one, two, get a power play, pull the goalie. I'm sure they're probably going to get a couple of calls the rest of the way. And with a fourth goal hit, and that's when people started to leave, which blows my mind because it's game seven of the cup final. You would think you'd want to see the cup. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, Kurt's bringing out his cup here. Yeah, there's uh, the cup. And it's not his, uh, not his uh, jockstrap cup. He's, we're talking about an actual Stanley Cup. I had this yeah. in my Amazon cart. I'm, I'm For the folks on the podcast later, I'm, this is a – my replica cup I've had on the show before, but I had this in my Amazon cart uh, ready to go before game seven. And uh, after Shen scored the third goal, I bought it because I was like, I was confident. It was, it was only three, oh, but I'm, really? like, I'm like, it's three. I'm a cocky guy in general. <laughs> so I'm like, it's, <laughs> sure. but it's still three, it's three nothing. So I, I thought when it was three nothing, I was like, I am confident enough to, to start putting money down on man. If they had lost, after that, and then this shows up oh, God, yeah. a week later. Oh my God. But yeah. So, yeah. Well, thankfully, yeah, that's more of the Leafs thing blowing leads in game sevens, I guess. But we, um, <laughs> wow. wow. We, Damn. We, yeah. so yeah. So I, I will tell you, I forgot to mention ahead of time, but when we were 
picking our seats to buy to, to, to decide which where we wanted to sit I did my research and I remember that the that the, the Blackhawks won the cup in Boston in 2013 and so I went on YouTube and watched the cup ceremony from 2013 so that I knew which end of the rink the cup would come out of and so that was the so we specifically got our seats on that end we were about 23 24 rows back in the corner and so after so the fourth goal goes in I'm starting to lose it a little bit. I'm starting to think about my late mother and all the blues uh, jerseys and t-shirts she's bought for me over the years, right? I didn't, you don't think about getting emotional until it, it kind of hits you, right? And all of a sudden people are texting me like they know it's going to happen. And uh, yeah, and then by the time, it's, and you can see all the blues fans in the arena kind of kind of cheering together. And that's when I, I, I mean, I wanted to remember it but I also wanted to have it saved for memory. So I did snap off a bunch of pictures. The funny thing is, if you look at my camera roll, I have a picture of the puck being dropped. And a pic- my next picture is the picture of them jumping off the bench. Like I didn't take any <laughs> pictures. I didn't take any pictures during the game because I was just like, I was so nervous. I didn't, I, I pulled my phone out during the intermissions just to text my friends and check on them and how they were doing. And then I put the phone back so that I could watch the game. And so, yeah, when, the, when, when it happens, all of a sudden, I'm not bawling, but I'm getting a little bit of tears because I'm thinking about my mother more than anything. And the people next to me are congratulating me. And, and it was like, it was, it was really, really cool. Fans start to file out a little bit. And so what I, at that point, I was like, okay, I can probably get a little closer. And the cup <laughs> has still not come out. So, so Chad stayed in his seat. I scooted down. I got about eight to somewhere about eight rows from the glass. And the funny part was AJ Malesko is standing right in front of me. She's just AJ Malesko and Jen Botterill are standing right in front of me. Right. So I'm like, they're just in the seats. I'm like, okay. And so before, after the, so later after the ceremony happens, I did introduce myself and say, Oh, I've seen you guys on the Islanders broadcast and you do a great job. I got a picture with the two of them, but it was so random. Um, But yeah, so I'm sitting eight rows back from the glass uh, when, when the cup comes out. And so I'm snapping off pictures uh, I've seen other people's pictures where you can see me, you know, I think <laughs> if you buy that panoramic photo, I have not gotten the panoramic photo because it comes from the other side of the, of the rink. I'm sure I could spot myself. I've got a, I've got a, a blue shirt, you know, uh, Oh, he's going back to look, well, I'd have to, we got to zoom it in, but, uh, yeah, so I was there. So I, I just, at that point, you just get into, uh, photographer mode, right? You're just, I'm. I'm literally just snapping off picture after picture. Here's here's Petrangelo with the uh, or Ryan O'Reilly with the um, Con Smythe. Here's here's I, this. I do I, see a blue shirt uh, yeah. in the background, so I I'll do to, wonder if that's you. It might be on the left hand side, kind of like I said, about eight to ten rows yeah. back from the yeah. glass. I, oh my uh, god, I think that's you. That's you're I'm hanging not, yeah. on my wall, Mike. Congratulations. Not, I don't have a. I'm probably not wearing a hat, so I probably you can probably see the bald head. But but I, I've always thought about getting. I always thought about getting that picture just so I could kind of see myself. Um, but yeah, no. So like I said, I at that point, I when the cup came out, I just snapped off as many pictures as I could. Thankfully, I got one that came out just absolutely perfect, where you can see the jumbotron and you can see. Alex with the cup over his head and it just it's a perfect frame I, I printed that picture out to put in my scrapbook that's the one that I put up on all the social medias every year that's the one I put on my blog when I recap that trip and then what's funny was we'd been to all the arenas so we knew the tricks of like okay well they're gonna start asking people to leave well then you just scoot closer and then you move around so for the next hour it was basically just me snapping off pictures whenever the blues would come near us here's 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 Tarasenko with his kids hold okay let me get a picture of that 
And then all of a sudden, the less Bruins fans, more Blues fans seem to show up. And then we're all kind of huddled together in one section and they're chanting, let's go Blues and all that stuff. And we're shooting video and pictures. And then finally they ushered us out, you know. And by that point, everyone's kind of like, oh man, we got to walk back through. Because if you know, TD Garden's above a train station. So it's like all these commuters and all these pissed off Bruins fans, drunk pissed off Bruins fans are underneath the arena. And so we all kind of came out in a pack. And so thankfully, no, no one's messing with us. And the good thing is it's St. Louis. You know, it's like, we're, we're good folks. It's mid, we're Midwestern people. It's, we're not going to be cocky. We can't be cocky. We'd spent 50 something years without it. So it wasn't like there, everyone around us, there's dozens of us. We're not running through the, the arena. Eat it, Bruins. No, no, it was just, it was really, it was really kind of nice. And it, it was funny because then it was like, all right, it's midnight. We got to get to our hotel. And cause we got a seven o'clock flight tomorrow morning. So I didn't, re- so we, I hung out as long as I could. And then I'm standing outside. Anyways, I'm standing outside. We're calling a, we're calling a lift. And as I'm waiting for our lift, Cam Jansen walked by. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what are you, <laughs> was he, was he calling, was he working, was he working radio for the blues now or something? Is that what it is? No, he's doing a one one one. Okay. Yeah, he's he's well, doing, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. ESPN radio. Is that what it was? Okay. Cause yeah. he was, the, he just, he was there walking around looking for a lift as well. But uh yeah, and so the funny part was we get to the hotel and the and the guy the guy working the front desk is watching the game and I walk in there with my blue shirt and so I'm kind of like yeah checking in DeKalb and then he was kind of like oh were you were you at the game and it's like yeah yeah yeah, yeah sorry about sorry about that and there's like Bruins <laughs> stuff up in the hotel you know and then the two people behind us got Bruins jerseys on they're checking into the hotel and we're just kind of hi hi it's uh oh uh can we get the single serving toothpaste and the toothbrush thanks and um, uh can you not tell anybody what room we're staying in please yeah (laughs) and so of course like i always have a tough time i always have a tough time sleeping in in hotel rooms especially usually on these hockey trips that i did it would take me a couple of nights before i got used to it well i didn't have that this night and i'm still on west coast time so like i'm not sure how much sleep i got maybe maybe two in the morning i might have not i might have knocked out Five in the morning, we, we're back up. And so we're just like, you know what? I'm sorry, fellow passengers. Mike, I'm not. You know, Mike, if it helps, <laughs> uh, I did a lot of drinking the night the Blues won. I woke up uh, and I was like, I don't think I ever actually slept. So if it helps, uh-huh. I don't think many Blues fans slept that night either. That's probably the case. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Uh, so just, yeah, we just, we, we, we rolled out of bed three hours later. And uh, like I said, didn't, didn't shower. Just I, what I literally did was I had worn a flannel shirt and my blues shirt. So I took the blue shirt, put it in the bag and I wore just the flannel shirt, swapped the underwear out, wore the same jeans. And, and then basically my carry on bag on the airplane was all the merch that I bought at the arena. Nice. And we wow. just, we, we, we got some, got some donuts, took a lift to the airport, flew back, got back. I was home by noon. I went into work <clears> about one o'clock. And just wow. uh, and, it, and so I worked a half day that day, and I was like, and everyone, I was just like, yeah, I got to see them win. Oh, Everyone's like, oh my I, god, how cool was that? <laughs> I said it on the show before. So my job, I literally was told going into like game five, they were like, hey, if the Blues win the cup, you're not working tomorrow. And I'm like, no, you're you're right. I was going to tell you the same thing. And so <laughs> games game seven happens, the Blues win. The next day. I, uh, there was like a, 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 a conference call at like two o'clock central time. It was, you know, it was on the East coast and I was like, you know what? 
I'm feeling okay. I can jump on this call. I literally jumped on, and the first thing I hear is, ponder what the hell are you doing here? And I'm like, <laughs> uh, just, you know, thought it'd be good to jump on the call. You know, I'm fine. They're like, no, hang up. You're off today. Go grab a beer and have a good time. And I'm like, hey, you know what? You don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> that sounds good to me. <laughs> well, I mean, I try to conserve. I try to conserve vacation days, and so I literally just I took the day off Wednesday, and then I took the half day off Thursday, and I came back. I because I also I worked one to till about six o'clock on Thursday night, and then that Friday I was actually flying to Phoenix because I come from a very small Venn diagram where my two favorite professional sports leagues are the NHL and the WNBA. And so uh, wow. my, my, my wife's sister, my wife's, my wife's family are all Laker fans. They all, I, I married into a Laker family, but my wife's sister is a huge fan of the, the WNBA, the Los Angeles Sparks. And so it's like, I kind of got, I got back into them. I like the WNBA. I, I appreciate women's basketball. And I got back into the Sparks as a way to kind of ingratiate myself with my in-laws. And so we flew to Phoenix to go see the Sparks play in Phoenix that weekend. And so I, we, I basically went back to work on that Thursday, then Friday morning, flew to Phoenix, went to a WNBA game on Friday night, then drove to the Grand Canyon on Saturday to see the Grand Canyon, and then flew back to LA Sunday. So it just, just so happened that was a trip that I had already had planned. So I didn't, everyone's like, oh, did you go to the parade? I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fly back for the, for the parade. I mean, the funny thing was I, I, I had booked a plane, plane ticket for game six in St. Louis. And so thankfully Southwest was able to just give me a refund and put it towards another trip. And I didn't end up using it, but uh, yeah, I, I, I got plenty of, of, of plane miles from the different airlines. Yeah, that's for sure. That's man. That's phenomenal. I, that's one thing that like my wife and I did look into after game six, we're like, you know, we could go up to Boston. We could put this on our credit cards. We could pay this off for the next 20 years, but you know what? Uh, we'll have fun. And we ended up going to Scott trade and well, enterprise, sorry. And watch oh, the game can? there, Kurt. Uh, Kurt, you watched it from uh, the Ballpark Village, Enterprise. right? No, oh, you, uh, that's right. You were Enterprise. Enterprise too. I was there. Yeah, oh, we've we've talked yeah. about this a million yes, times. Yes, I know, and we never actually <laughs> saw each other that night. Oh, we, 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 we both we watched the game in the same venue, and then and we, we ended up Village. both going to Ballpark Village, and we never saw each other. I texted. Where you were you, Bill? I was I was in my basement, still, you know recovering from the shock of going oh, to both game four and game six. So. <laughs> was Which one was the one that was, I had a friend, I, I had a friend who lives in Los Angeles and her and her husband flew back for the game where they got trounced. Was that game three? They got trounced um, in game in St. Louis. Uh, game, game, game three six. and if, game six, game, right? Yeah, game three and game six. Game six yeah. was was what? It was close going into the third period. In the it was Boston a one goal game. It was what? Yeah, it was one nothing. I think going into the third. Yeah, and they allowed a few yeah. in the third. I was in yeah. Florida yeah. for game six. So yeah, I that think was. that's what I kind of that's what I kind of learned from. I had friends who did the same thing I did, but she flew home for game three, and I asked her about it, and she was like, "It sucked." having to spend that kind of money and then get that kind of game. So I, I just consider yeah. the luck of the draw. And it's, 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 it's yeah. just crazy to think about, you know, like that I, I spent the kind of money that I did. Again, I'm fortunate that it wasn't like something that I had to pay off years. I had the money and I just had to tell, all I had to do was just burn a vacation day and a half. 
And then the hotel wasn't that expensive. It was just lifts from the airport and the meals and the merch. So it wasn't, it wasn't too crazy, but the funny part is, and again, if you want to do a segue and we can, I I'm here to answer questions about the other 31 trips that I went on. But the funny part is I get, I used to get, I get free Kings tickets through work. One of my vendors, when I worked at Fox had season tickets, we're about 10 rows back behind the visiting bench. And so uh, every year, I was thinking about that that whole story about seeing Wayne Gretzky back in the day. You know, get, you get a chance to see the superstars go because I didn't get to see Mario Lemieux, I didn't get to see Michael Jordan. So I have seen Connor McDavid at least seven times now. Like I always go, I would always go see McDavid when they play um, the Kings. And I went in the in the 2019 2020 season. Again, I'm glad I, I got to do my 30 arenas before the pandemic happened. But I went to the Kings-Oilers game, and it was the most anticlimactic sporting event I've ever seen in my life. Because the, mo- the previous hockey game I went to was Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final. To where it's now, it's like, I'm just, I'm not overly excited about it anymore. <laughs> like, I, I have seen all the arenas. People, people have already asked me. One of my friends uh, texted me today and was like, oh, are you going to go to the Kraken game? And I'm kind of like... Yeah, you know, I was at the first game in Vegas because it was so it was such a cool environment, and we were always like, okay, we're going to the first game in Seattle. But now I'm kind of like, well, as long as I go to a Seattle game at some point, maybe in the inaugural season, where I can get a cool piece of merch that says first season on it. But I, I was surprised at how how disinterested I was sitting in that sitting ten rows back from the glass watching one of, one of my favorite players, and I was just kind of like, well, it's. It's not game seven of the Stanley Cup final. <laughs> you know, so it's ruined me. It's ruined me for all future sporting events. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Um. I think in a way, though, the, the pandemic, you know, because that, that the last game I went to was game six. And, you know, that the the excitement, you know, I it's still palpable. Just thinking about even though it was such a disappointing loss. But the pandemic and not being able to go again. Like I am, I, I was starting to like get amped up about, you know, blues get out of the first round. I'm going to drop some coin and go to one of these games. And, you know, so now next year, you know, knock on wood, hopefully, you know, there things go well. Um, we can get back to going to hockey games again, but, uh, yeah. So did, did any of you guys entertain the thought of going to either the parade or the home opener? Oh, I was at, I was at the parade. Um, yeah, I was at the parade. Yeah. Kurt, I had, I had too, partied. Right? I, no, I had, I had partied. Uh, uh, I, for some, I woke up the day of the parade. Uh, didn't set my alarm. I woke up late, uh, real late. And the, right when the parade was starting and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to watch this on TV. And cause I, I had partied and celebrated enough. I wanted to sit back and relax and watch all the coverage. And I was perfectly happy with that. No, I didn't go to the parade, but I was, I was, yeah, more we, than we had a situation what I'd done before. We had a situation where, so my son is not great in large crowds. And so the wife and I were planning on dropping him off with in-laws, uh, my in-laws, and something came up to where they couldn't watch him that day. And it was like kind of rainy. And again, he doesn't do well in the rain either. So we like toyed with the idea of like, well, we could bring him and just see how he does. But then when it was all rainy, it was just, uh, it's just not a good idea. So we like both sat in the living room dejected 
And I think I've told this on the show before, and, and luckily my wife doesn't listen to the show because she still doesn't know this. Um, I was sitting there thinking, okay, how am I going to tell her that I'm just going to go and she can just stay here with the kid? Like, mm. I know that sounds awful, but I have been a Blues fan my whole life. She's been a Blues fan since she started dating me. So I'm like, how am I going to do this? I need to come up with a plan. <laughs> and luckily, as and, and again, this speaks to how awesome my wife is. She just looks at me and just goes, you need to go. Just go. Go right now. Get in your car and go. Um, I'll stay yeah. with Shay. You go. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, is this something where, like, a woman says this and you're going to be mad at me later? And she's like, no, I'm telling you, if you stay, I'll be mad at you. Go. And so I'm like, okay, you don't have to tell me twice. So yeah. I jumped in my car, went, met some friends, and and had the time of my life. So uh, nice. it was uh, it was one of the best best days of my life to be able to witness that live. I always told myself if they would have won when I lived back there, yeah, for sure. We either tried to go to a game or a parade. I mean, I guess I got I, I wound up working out just as best as it probably could have. You know, I specifically I wanted to get the shirt, but I didn't want to get the shirt that the players are wearing on the ice because I didn't like the design of it. I didn't like that the cup was like at an angle. I I, I saw that I saw the shirts that they got in the parade where the cup is upright. And I was just like, okay, that's the one I got to get. Yeah. But, uh, yep. That's the one I but, got. Uh, too. Yeah. And then I'll just give you, a, I'll just give you a quick, I mean, God, we've been going for a little bit here. Uh, I will give you just a quick backstory that the 30 arenas idea was something again, my mother, my mother got sick when I was, you know, probably in my mid thirties. And so I would always fly home to Illinois to, all my vacation time was flying home to see her. And then she passed away in 2008. And my father basically said, don't worry about me. I'll be here. You can see me at Christmas. He goes, I want you to go out and, and travel, go see the world, go see whatever, go visit your college buddies. Cause they're all spread out over everywhere. And I, I didn't know what to do. And there was a, there was actually a girl that I had a crush on. She was a friend. She was a big uh, Kings fan. We'd go to Kings games together. Cause everyone was like, if you want to, Mike, you, you like hockey. You should, you should date a hockey fan. That'd be really great for you. And so we would, we would go to these Kings game. We had a lot of fun, but yet she just, she wouldn't date me. And I remember one time I was at her house and in the middle of a conversation of her trying to talk me out of wanting to date her, um, she was just throwing out scenarios like, you don't want me. And this is why you don't want me. And, and one of them was, she said was, you don't want to grow old and, and, and get an RV and travel to all the arenas when you're retired and see a game everywhere. And I was like, that sounds like a pretty awesome idea, actually. <laughs> and so that seed was kind of planted in my head. And I, again, I was thinking about the whole thing about that, that, that ESPN broadcast where they said, go see uh, Michael Jordan or Wayne Gretzky before they retire. And so I was like, you know what? I should do this. And I called my dad and I said, what do you think? I'm going to go see all the hockey arenas. And he was like, I'm proud of you, son. That's a really good idea. It's a really good way to see the country. We were, we were in the Navy. We moved around. But I haven't, I haven't seen all the other stuff. You know, I haven't left the country other than Hawaii. And so I was like, let's, let's get a chance to, to go to Dallas and, and go to Pittsburgh and just discover this country. I was really into a presidential history and American history when I was a kid. And so we started it. Um, there was the lockout in 2013. And I was kind of, that was my, my stubborn year where I was like, I can't, I didn't get the, the center ice package that year. And I said, I'm not giving the NHL any of my money that year. I didn't go to any Kings games. But then as soon as that season was over, I said, okay, I'm back now. 
And that was when we kicked off, we kicked off the trip. That was 2013. I still had not met my wife. And the first arena we chose was Denver because I'd been to six arenas at that point. I'd been to St. Louis, Chicago, LA, Anaheim, uh, Arizona, and Columbus. I have family in Ohio. And so, but I'd seen the blues everywhere. I'd seen the blues in Columbus, the blues in Phoenix, the blues in, I'd seen many, many blues Kings games at the at Staples center. And for a long time there, the blues always won those until 2012. And then there was a good stretch where the blues couldn't win in that damn building if their life depended on it. And I was there for several of those. Um, but in 2013, we said, okay, let's go to Denver because I want to see Peyton Manning. And that was the first, that was the first trip. We, we did it really quick. We, we, we stayed at a motel six. I flew in on Southwest. We flew in Saturday morning. We did, uh, abs games, uh, Saturday night Broncos game Sunday morning. And that was the original plan. And we were going to fly out Sunday night after the football game, football games at like one o'clock, plenty of time. We can easily fly back. I get back to work on Monday. What happens? The Broncos are undefeated. NBC flexes the game to a Sunday night game. And mm. we're like, son of a bitch. So then we had to reschedule our flight from first thing Monday morning. Cause I got to go to work Monday. So we literally just flew into Denver. We did the, um, we, we did the Avs game. It was really cool. As soon as we walked into the arena, Chad, who's not a hockey fan at all, he looks at me. The game hasn't even started. And he was like, when's the next one? Where are we going? What's the next city you want to go see? I got to go to these. So I'm like, okay, sure. And so that Sunday, we happened. There was a, I found out that there was a video game competition at this awesome arcade in Denver where they were having, people were playing championship Donkey Kong and the guys from King of Kong, the documentary, were there. I met one of them and got a picture with them. And then I went to we went to Red Rocks, the famous amphitheater. We walked around there. I went to Casa Bonita from the famous South Park episode. Ah. <laughs> you know, I was like, because I was like, I don't want to just see these places. I got to see what else is in Denver. And then we went to the, the Broncos game, froze our asses off, sat next to a really nice couple from like, I think they were from South Dakota and they had season tickets. They would just drive in for every Broncos game and then drive back to South Dakota. And it was like, this is kind of a cool thing to do. And so we said, okay, what's the next trip? All right, well, San Jose's right up the road, so we'll do that. I actually went to San Jose the night of the Kings-Ducks outdoor game at Dodger Stadium. So I didn't get to go to that but because we already had, we already had our, our trip planned. But the funny thing was, before the Kings-Ducks outdoor game, Merrick versus Wyshynski podcast had a meet and greet in Los Angeles for the game. So I, got, I met Greg Wyshynski there. And so I'm talking to Wish. And of course, I tell, I tell him I work in the film industry, so he's talking about movies with me, and everyone's trying to ask him hockey questions, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever. Tell me about you know about Doug Benson loves movies and, and all that stuff." And, and so I'm like, "Oh yeah, this is what I do." Um, and so I said, "Hey, I'm going, I, the next trip we want to do was New Jersey, because we said, okay, we saw Peyton Manning. Who's left in the NHL that's probably going to retire soon?" And we were like, "We got to go see Brodeur." I want to see Brodeur and I want to see Yager, who both were on the Devils at the time. Yager played about five more years, didn't he? It didn't seem like it. And then the other one was Marty St. Louis, who was in Tampa. So I said, okay, here's what we'll do. We'll, we'll, do, we'll do the New York stuff at the, at the, in spring of 14, and we'll go to Tampa in the fall of 14 so I can go to a Florida Gators game when, during football season. And so we did um, – I talked to Wish, and I said, how do I do the Devils? I don't want to just go to some random weeknight, right? He goes, don't, he said, don't go to see them on a Wednesday against Nashville. He was like that. You can see that when you see the Rangers and the Islanders, it might be a little bit better, but for the devils, you got to go on a weekend. You got to hope it's against somebody good. So as it turned out, it was Devils Saturday night against the Rangers Islanders Sunday afternoon against the blue jackets on at Nassau and 
Rangers Monday night against the Coyotes. And so um, I wanted to go to, I specifically chose New York as well because I wanted to see Nassau before they moved out of there. And so uh, the Devils game was awesome. We took the train down to Newark. We had Rangers fans on our train, of course. It was a boring game. It was like one nothing with an empty netter, but Yager looked awesome. Brodeur shut the door. I mean, it, he's the one that lost, but he only gave up the one goal. And so we, we did that. Nassau was a dump. Um, it was, it was, it was, you, it was a pain in the ass to get out there. So one of my, one, I have a good friend who lives in Washington, DC. He actually drove up, met us at our hotel so that he could drive us to Nassau through the, through the tunnel. And then, um, we went to the game there and then he dropped us off at the Brooklyn bridge and then drove back to Washington, DC. And wow. so we went, we just, we just went out and got some pizza. And then we did some, we did a bunch of sightseeing. We went to the statue of Liberty. You got to see the statue of Liberty, of course. Um, and I had a friend who worked, I had a friend who worked at NBC and she got me into the, uh, we had lunch in the NBC commissary. I accidentally stumbled onto the set of uh, late night with Seth Myers, and we went to the Rangers game, you know, Lundquist got a, uh, got an award cause he had just set the record for most games played by a Rangers goalie. I think Eddie Jockerman was out there and gave him a, gave him an award. And so that was, that was kind of how we did it. And then we, we specifically went to Tampa the next trip. But Marty St. Louis had gotten traded to the Rangers. And as it happened, the Tampa game that we went to was the Rangers. It was Marty St. Louis' first game back in Tampa. And so it, it kind of worked out because we, we specifically scheduled it over Thanksgiving week. And so we did a whole week there where we, I went, we went to a, a Florida Everblades game in the ECHL. And then I, we drove to Gainesville and went to a Gators game. I got to do the chomp. I wore my – I have a Tim Tebow Florida Gators jersey, so I got to wear that. I got to see Danny Werfels, my favorite college football player. I got to see his Heisman Trophy statue at the uh, – or his statue of, of him as a player. We did – we went to Orlando and did uh, Universal Studios. We did the Panthers game. It was dull. We literally paid $26 to sit in the lower bowl, and we, we sat in a different seat for all three periods – you know, it was probably one of the worst games I've ever seen. And as far as the, with no crowd, it was, it was, you know, but it was kind of cool to walk out of a hockey game. And it was, my glasses fogged up because it was so cold inside the arena and so humid on the outside. And mm -hmm. the game was, the game was over. We drove down to Miami and we hung out in South beach. It's like midnight. I'm drinking virgin pina coladas, eating Cuban sandwiches, watching people walk by in South beach. And it was just, you know, kind of neat. And we, and then we went to Tampa for, it was like right before Thanksgiving. So we, we did the, the uh, Marty St. Louis game, probably one of the best games I've ever seen as far as the Tampa arena was awesome. They have a really cool courtyard outside. Chad got his face painted. We got a picture with the mascot. They gave us little certificates that said, this is my first Tampa Bay Lightning game. Few arenas do that now, but yeah. So that was, that was a good one, you know, but um, that's, yeah, that's it just, that, that it's just, awesome. you double them up. You double them up as best we could. We did Pittsburgh and Columbus on the same trip. Uh, we did Ottawa and Montreal and Buffalo all on one trip and worked in a couple of um, uh, junior hockey games and AHL games in the area. Uh, we did, I did, um, we did Calgary and Edmonton at the same time, obviously, but I had to do two trips because Rexall Place was being closed. So I flew up to Edmonton uh, first, went to an Oil Kings game, drove down to Red Deer, went to the Red Deer Rebels, and then saw a game at Rexall. Then I came up a couple of years later, and I actually, <laughs> what's so funny was uh, Chad couldn't go on that when he had just started a new job. So... I convinced my wife to come with me because she wanted to come down some of the trips. The first trip she went with me was to Philadelphia, which, ooh, there's some stories there. That was not a good, that's probably my least favorite of the arenas. Um, and so I said, hey, Chad can't come to this trip to Alberta. You want to you come with me? And she's like, sure, that sounds great. 
And so I proposed to her in Lake Louise, which um, I, I went to the duck or the Sharks Kings outdoor game in Santa Clara because we missed the, the, the Dodger Stadium game. And I met Kelly Rudy there because he was working for, the, for Sportsnet. And I said, hey, Kelly, I got I to go to a Calgary game at some point. I'm, I'm seeing all the arenas. What do I need to do while I'm up there? And he's like, you got to see Lake Louise. You got to go to Banff. It's some of the most beautiful part of the, of the world you'll ever see. And I looked at pictures and I said, that's where I'm proposing. And so I, I brought my wife up there. I proposed to her at Lake Louise. And then we drove to Edmonton and we saw uh, Connor McDavid assist Leon Dreisaitl an overtime winner on a Saturday night hockey night game a couple days later. That's how they win. You know. <laughs> if they don't score yeah. points, they don't win. It was, but it was an awesome game. And, and like I said, then we drove down to Calgary a couple of days later. And, and yeah, and I, I said, I did, when we did, um, I, I went to Joe Lewis. I got to see, I went, I flew home to visit some family in Ohio. I did a Blue Jackets game. And then we drove up to Joe Lewis to see a Red Wings game. It was dull. It sucked. I went with a buddy of mine who's a Blackhawks fan. And it was painful to look at the banners and Joe Lewis and think about how our two favorite teams were the cause of all those banners were the, had to had to deal with that and of course just as a last little fuck you from the red wings they didn't even score a goal in that game i didn't even get to see what their goal <laughs> celebration looked like it just there was a there was like a giant tear in my seat that place was kind of a dump too you know but uh when we went back to michigan we did a whole week i did eight games in nine days i did i went to we stayed in ann arbor i went to a michigan basketball game in the morning and a michigan hockey game in the same night um we're, we're at we're in ann arbor at the michigan game we're sitting six rows from the glass on these awful collapsible metal bleachers. There are people behind me heckling college students. And it's just like, you know, heckle a pro. These guys are on scholarship. Don't, don't be heckling these college students. So I'm like, all right, I can't take this. I want to find somewhere else where I can, I'm going to go to the top row on the end of the end of the ice. I'm going to stand up against the wall in the last row. That's the best place to watch a game. I get up there. There's all these scouts because Quinn Hughes is playing in the game for Michigan, right? You, you, and if you know the scouts, they look the same. I've seen them at every junior hockey game on two. They all wear black. They wear black clothing. A lot of them have a, a team logo on their shirt. They've got a clipboard in their hand, a little folded, clip, the, the padded clipboard. So I get up there. There's all these guys in black, right? We, we, get, we, t- we take our spot up against the wall. We're going to watch the third period from the seat. Right next to me, I kid you not, standing right next to me, Keith Kachuk. So I'm just like, oh, oh, okay. And he's just talking to people. And so I wait till the intermission. He's not talking to anybody. And I introduce myself. I'm like, I'm a blues fan. He's like, oh, nice to meet you. I got a photo with him. And I was just like, oh, you're, you're, Brady's about to be in the draft. Oh yeah. You know, I'm really high, really high hopes for him being a good pick. And I'm talking to him. I'm like, who, who are you looking at in this game? And he's like, other than Quinn Hughes. And he's like, oh, not really a whole lot. And the good question, here's a good question. If you ever meet a former hockey player, at a hockey game, I asked Keith Kachuk, is there anybody playing on the ice right now whose dad you played against? <laughs> and and he was like, he was like, oh, there's somebody on uh, the other on, on Notre Dame. He was like, I think I might have played against him in, in junior. But uh yeah, so it's like you gotta, I mean, I've learned I live in Los Angeles. I meet celeb you meet celebrities, you don't talk to them about them. So when I met Keith Kachuk, I was finding what what else could I talk about with him? I'm like, there's a good question to just break the ice. Who's any of these kids uh, out there that you had a dad that played against, but that's uh, a good question. Yeah. I like that question. Yeah, no. Yeah. So I did, we did, we did, uh, we did a bunch of games in, in Michigan and and then the best trip was Toronto. We did, we did eight games in eight days. We did, uh, I did the Maple Leafs and the Marlies and I did six OHL playoff games. I got to see 
uh, Nick Suzuki. I got to see Evan Bouchard. I got to see Andrei Svechnikov. I got to see three three of the ga- of the games went to overtime. You know, junior hockey is the best. Can- Canadian junior hockey is it's just amazing. Um, I love that you can talk to the people sitting next to you, and they're it's usually just these like retired couple. You know, it's they they love hearing stories about people from California. You know, I've been to I think of the twenty OHL teams, I think I've seen twelve of them between my trips to Michigan, uh, Buffalo, and uh, and Toronto. Like I tried to work in as many. I I when we flew to Winnipeg to see the Jets, I drove to Brandon to see the Wheat Kings. When I was in, like I said, I saw Red Deer. When we went to Vancouver to see the Canucks, I specifically scheduled it over the same week that the. Vancouver Giants were there because the Vancouver Giants play in the old Canucks arena. And that was the other part of it. You know, if you're going to see the 30 NHL arenas, how many old arenas can you go to? So I've been to Rexall. I have been to, when we were in Ottawa, I saw the Ottawa 67s. They play in the arena where the Senators used to play. It's built underneath the football stadium. You can see the, the where the, the stands are. The, the roof is slanted. Um, I, I've been to Maple Leaf Gardens. It's a grocery store. I've been to the Montreal Forum. Yeah. It's a shopping. Oh, it's nice. a shopping mall. You know, I've I I specifically went to a Golden State Warriors game before they left Oracle because that's where the California Golden Seals played. You know, and one of my favorite trips that I did by myself because it wasn't an active NHL arena was I went to Lake Colisée in Quebec because Quebec City was hosting the Memorial Cup and. They were gonna they were gonna do the Memorial Cup in Calisay, and then when it was over, they were going to to move to their brand new arena. And so this is the last chance to see a game there. And so I went. The good thing is it's around Memorial Day weekend, so I already had a holiday built in. I went up. I got an Airbnb that was walking distance from the arena. I sight went sightseeing all day. Went out to the games every night. I Patrick Waugh was sitting in a box behind me. I got a picture with him. Um, I went one of the games. I went to. I showed up at the arena to buy a ticket, and this guy walked up to me and said. Uh, sir. And I was just like, no, no, I speak English. What's up? And he was like, you want a ticket? My buddies and I, I got a bunch of extra ones. I'm like, sure. Okay. And I sat in, in the section with these guys that go to the Memorial cup every year and, and, and watch the game with them. And, uh, I went sightseeing at this, at old, old Quebec, Quebec city is a beautiful city. You have got to see Quebec city. If you get a chance, um, before I got up there, uh, Jeff Merrick had tweeted out about the Memorial cup. And I said, Hey, I'm going to be up there. And he's like, Hey, when are you going to be up here? And he followed me on Twitter and he DM me and said, meet me at this bar on Saturday night when you get there. So I got to hang out at a bar with Jeff Merrick and John Shannon talking hockey and, and, and talking about the Memorial cup. It was just kind of totally random. That's uh yeah, that sounds amazing. Um, we are, uh, we, I think we actually have to close the show up. Unfortunately, Mr. DeKalb. Um, we Sorry, have, uh, we've had a lot, we've had a lot of fun, uh, a lot of stories tonight. I know a lot of people were interested in, in hearing about the different arenas to hearing about your, your experience in game seven against Boston. Um, and you have shared, and that is uh, that is exactly what we wanted. <laughs> so thank you very much for coming on the show. Again, your blog, uh, hockeytransplant.com. For those who have not checked it out, who want to hear, or I'm sorry, read more about uh, uh, what Mike has, has seen and, and experienced in his time visiting NHL arenas and, and NHL cities. Uh, so Mike, again, thank you very much for coming on. You mentioned before that uh, you have got uh, a couple podcasts that you do want to give you time to plug those. If, uh, if, if you uh, want to take the time to do that. 
Sure. I mean, I get, I will say just we were joking about how going to a hockey game is a little bit anticlimactic for me now. And that's kind of what the blogging was. Like I finished recapping all the trips. I recapped the trip to game seven and for boss in Boston. I recapped my, my time on sports jeopardy. I have not really touched the blog since I just, I kind of like, it's like an archival thing for me now. Um, but the podcasting that I do, I do two podcasts. Um, one is for with my friend, Chad, he, he hosts one and I host the other. And the one I host and produce with my wife is called Out of Touchstone. And it is a movie podcast. It is all about Touchstone Pictures, which was the the live action Disney movies that were made from 1984 to 2010. Doug's talked about this, right? Doug is yeah. full hand on the Puck podcast. Yeah, yeah. I worked <laughs> I mean, I worked at 20th Century Fox and then Disney came in and, and bought us. And we looked, it was like, it's those movies are just from, you guys are all my, my age. Everyone knows that blue logo with the lightning bolt in it. And so... I looked on the list and it's like, there's about, there's about 200, there's about 200 of them. And so we're like, okay, that, that gives a good six, seven years of content. So we're just basically going through watching every touchstone movie. And, and now uh, we're, we're now into the early nineties and that's when Disney launched Hollywood pictures. So now we're, we're, we're watching the touchstone movies and reviewing those in depth. We're not film critics. We, I say reviewing, but we talk a little bit about them, but we're more about interested in the history of how the movie got made and who was, who made it and the trivia behind it. And then we'll compare it to the other movies that Hollywood Pictures and Walt Disney Pictures were doing at the same time and kind of compare it. So we're now in we're 1993. I think we just talked about the Alive and um, the one we got coming wow. up now next is is Like with Mikey with Michael J. Fox is coming up and what's that oh, got to do with it? So those nice. are the ones we've got on the horizon. It's it's funny because it's movies that, I, that were out when I was in high school. I either saw them or I didn't and I wanted to, you know, trailers that you saw when you would go to the movie theater. So yeah, so it's called Out of Touchstone. I have a Twitter account that I run, and I, I don't really go on it as much. I just kind of tweet out whenever someone from a Touchstone movie has a birthday or an anniversary of when a movie came out. And then the podcast that Chad hosts, Chad has a podcast that he call, that's called Positive Cynicism, and it's kind of a network. He has a bunch of different topics. And so I'm on there once a month. We do a show called Wonder Why, and it's an idea that we kind of come up with together where we look at one-hit wonders and wonder why they didn't have a second hit. So it's been kind of interesting where we, we our criteria is we it has to be an artist who only had one song in the top 40. So a lot of times people will say, well, why don't you talk about this band? And you're like, well, no, they actually had three hits in the top 40. So we, we it's got to be one hit in the top 40. And then we'll usually listen to the whole album that it's on and figure out, like, was there anything else on here that should have been good? Or what happened with the follow-up album? You know, are they still touring? Would you go see them? And it's been kind of interesting. We, we, we just did an episode about Digital Underground and the Humpty Dance. And... Ah. Uh, the one we're about to do, uh, we're recording tomorrow night, actually, is uh, the song 96 Tears by Question Mark and the Mysterians. So I'm like, that'll be a fun one. But uh, it's kind of fun. You know what it's like, right? I mean, it's, 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 it's fun to give yourself something to do. You know, I'm settling into married life. And so now I'm like, I'm watching these random movies. I get to go on, um, you know, basically every week or two with one of my oldest friends and just just chat movies. And I, I'm, my, my wife and I are in the process of moving a little bit. We're moving like an hour, well, not an hour, maybe half an hour away from Los Angeles. So I can still do the shows via Skype with my, with my buddies. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I did want to ask one real question. I, and I know I've hogged up so much of the time. I know you guys have had, if there's any other thing with the, um, with the ch people who are chatting on YouTube or Facebook, but did you, if, if you had any other random question about the 31 trips, I mean, I could, I, other than don't say, which was the worst one? Because it's just like, uh, I get. I, I try to be positive. The, <laughs> you don't want to be fans mean. In, the, the fa Yeah, you, exactly. The, I will say the, the fans in Philadelphia was the one time I felt really uncomfortable just because that was the one arena I went to where I told the guy sitting next to me, hey, I'm going to all the arenas. I'm from Los Angeles. And he was kind of like, yeah, all right. 
And the Flyers scored you... first in that game. And the, and the, the Flyers scored first in that game. The place went nuts. And then the opposing team, which was the Islanders, scored, tied the game. And everyone was just like, you suck, the Flyers! And then they just were just – it was – as soon as the game was over, I'm like, we're getting on the train and getting the hell out of here. I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> you asked you – asked, you, you mentioned on, the, on Sports Jeopardy uh, you weren't done with your tour yet. Seeing all the, all yeah, the rings, I've, been, I've been doing you, about 24 said, of them, I think, yeah. And you said – and they asked you what your favorite one was, and you said at the time it was Columbus. Does that still hold true? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I really think it doesn't get the respect it deserves. I think, well, they, I mean, you yeah. guys, you guys are close enough that I cannot recommend it enough. It's one of the most down home kind of atmospheres. I, my thing was we would always get a picture with the mascot, and so the the, the Blue, Blue Jackets mascot's always walking around. They, I mean, the cannon is really interesting. It's kind of unique. We, they'll let you get a picture with it before the game starts. Um, they they sing the hockey song when, in the third when, period. Uh, I've got to ask: When you went to Columbus, did was Boomer around? No, no, I missed Boomer. Oh. I did see. The, I, I'm trying to think. I've been there. I saw the the funny thing was I'll tell you I'll tell you a quick story. Now that we're it's a Blues podcast, the first Columbus game I went to was against the Blues, and that was right after the Chris Russell trade, which Chris Russell was traded for Nikitin. Was it Nikitin? Nikita Nikitin. Mm-hmm. Nikita Nikitin. So we're sitting there in the um, in the arena. My buddy, I'm with my, my buddy who's a Blackhawks fan. We go to the team store, and you know how in team stores, if there's those jerseys, the T-shirts that look like jerseys, they will sell the ones from players who've been traded away because they, they they're on clearance. And so we're in the team store, and they got the Chris Russell Blue Jackets shirt. And my buddy's like, "Dude, you should buy it." And I'm like, "What am I gonna do with a Chris Russell Blue Jackets shirt? I don't care." And so uh, we're, we're leaving, and I said, you know what? If Chris Russell scores in this game, I'll get a, bl- a Blue Jackets Chris Russell jersey. Kurt, Bill, Jeff, I own a, a Chris Russell Blue Jackets jersey. <laughs> That's I think I remember, I think I remember scored, that. I think I remember him yeah, scoring late, against the Blue Jackets. Late in the second period. It was like at the end of the second period. It was this ugly goal. He's just driving in the net. I think it went in off of his skate or something. And I look at my buddy. I'm like, are you kidding me? So I got to drop 14 bucks on a Chris Russell Blue Jackets jersey. You know, I've got probably half a dozen of those shirts. I got an Alex Chase on Dallas Stars one. I got a Mason Raymond Calgary Flames. My Islanders one is Andrew well, McDonald. Well, <laughs> our, our mutual friend, Doug Stolhan of the Puck Podcast, he says that whenever he goes to a uh, an away game, like a not a not a Ducks game, he says, okay, I'll, I'm going to get a, a, a jersey of the guy who scores the first goal tonight. And I think it was Nashville. I can't remember who it was, but it was just some nobody that scored the first goal. And he's like, God damn it. Now I got to go buy this guy's jersey. Probably a custom job, too. They don't have one of those in the store. Yeah, Yeah, he he said it was a custom job. You got a Vern Fiddler. (laughs) I got to remember, my first game, our first game was Panthers and Avalanche. And I think the Panthers probably scored. It might have been, I don't even want to know who it was. Might have been like Brad Boys or somebody. Yeah. Bill and I went to uh, see a game in Columbus, but it wasn't an NHL game. It was uh, Team USA versus Team Canada, the World Cup of Hockey warm-up game. That was nice, and that was and and I agree with you completely. Columbus uh, is nation nationwide, right? Uh, Nationwide, yeah, nationwide. Yeah, they uh, it's it's a fantastic arena and not just the arena itself but the outlying like a, the, the neighborhood the, the arena the, district the, the, district, yeah. the bars and the entertainment the, the restaurants it, it's just it's a very and they close off the streets mm-hmm. it's like one big nice area to hang out uh before and after the games it's just fantastic yeah yeah and you got the, the short north is up there. Ass kicked by hal gill 
Right. Yeah. yeah as long. Yeah. Because after the game was over, the, a lot of the the members of the teams were out hanging out in the bars and stuff, and we were there. And yeah, Hal Gill was hitting on some girls. My brother was drunk, hit on the same girls, and Hal Gill was none too happy. And uh, my cousin and I <laughs> thought we we're going to fight Hal Gill to, to help my brother out, but that did not happen. Oh, thank God. That's funny. Now we, I, I, I have a, I have a niece who lived there, so she took me around the short north area. I remember I was eating at Eddie George's restaurant and stuff. And yeah, and I, I will tell you, I, forget, I totally forgot to mention it since the Blue Show as well. One of the best trips I ever did was I flew to New Orleans. I saw a LSU uh, game on Saturday night. It was an ESPN College Game Day game, so they had the Game Day crew out there at the beginning. We drove. We saw the Saints play the Packers on a Sunday night. Then we drove to Dallas and saw the Cowboys Redskins on Monday night. And then we saw the Blues play the Stars on Tuesday. And that was Tarasenko got a hat trick with the game winner in overtime. And I was there for that. And so that was really cool. And got to go to the JFK the Depository, the Sixth the six Floor Book Depository that afternoon. <laughs> so it was a, that was a fun <laughs> trip as well. But uh, yeah, you said yeah, Columbus, Arizona was a, was a really awesome arena. I know people make fun of them, but that's a really good spot. Tampa is one of my favorites. The Vegas, I went to the very first game in Vegas, and 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 that was amazing. I met Gary Bettman on the gold carpet, and I was wearing my, my T-shirt that my wife had waiting for me that says "Hockey Transplant," and he said, "Hockey Transplant from where?" And I said, "Oh, I'm from I'm from Los Angeles. I originally from the St. Louis area, and I'm here to see the first game." And I got this really cool commemorative puck and stuff. So yeah, maybe I should go to the first game in Seattle. I don't know, but yeah, uh, no, yeah. at least the first season for sure. Yeah, I'll do my uh, well, again, again, Mike, this has been awesome. We really appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, again, friends of uh, Eddie and Doug at the Puck Podcast. I know you've jumped on there as well. So, and then of course, like uh, like he told you earlier, folks, Mike is uh, uh, does other podcasts, not just about hockey, but you can also read his stuff over at hockeytransplant.com. Well, guys, uh, we're gonna close up the show here. Support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by. ID Life, the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment of your DNA. Visit rockin'netidlife.com for more information. That's rockin'netidlife.com and get 10% off by texting Dustin at 636-393-8745 and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. And by Centerized Brewery. St. Louis's hockey-themed brewery. Visit centericebrewery.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or to make a reservation in their awesome tap room. While you're there and enjoying a number of their fantastic beers, you can admire the bar top and tables made of authentic arena wood. Located at 3126 Olive Street in Midtown St. Louis, it's one of the best places to watch a blues game. That's centericebrewery.com. Please drink responsibly. That will do it for episode 40 of season nine of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. St. Louis, or I'm sorry, Let's Go Blues Radio. Wow. Kurt, I almost said St. Louis Blues Radio. From like 10 years ago, yeah. Yeah, that was our our (laughs) first season. That's what we were called. Wow. All right. I was going to, I was going to ask you, you said episode 40. I was going to say, is this the Nathan Lafayette podcast? Yes. There you go. This is the Nathan (laughs) Lafayette episode. Fred Brathwaite. He was 41. Wasn't he 41? No, he was 40. Was he 40? He was 40? Yeah. Nah, if it had been 40, if it had been 41, if it had been 41, I was going to drop Dan LaPerriere on you. Oh, I was going to say, I, I don't think the, I don't think the Blues have had a goalie with uh, 41. No. Yeah. Halak. Yeah, maybe not. Halak. Yeah. Damn. Damn. Oh, yeah. I, I Bill is on his game tonight. I thought you were being facetious. I <laughs> no. was like, I'm block, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Bill's the goalie well, guy. He, yeah, he knows yeah. the goalies. Uh, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you so much, Joe. 
41. <laughs> Thanks to those who participated in the YouTube and Facebook live chats during the show. It's always a great time doing the show, so thank you very much for tuning in. For Kurt Price and Bill Day, as well as uh, guest of the show, Mike DeKalb, who you can follow on Twitter at Mike DeKalb. That's D-E-K-A-L-B. Uh, I'm Jeff Ponder, and this was Let's Go Blues Radio. Until next time, everyone, let's go blues. Go Habs, go Isles. Go, go blues. Habs, go. All that. Yeah. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. A look at sports. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. I want you to have a heart attack and die so that we never have to do this shit again. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. <laughs> St. Louis Blues. St. Louis Blues. Have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun. They're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. Blues are on the ice tonight again. They're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friend.